Yo, Chris, you Yo. Good? All right, cool. Let me do my intro. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Chaos Therapy. I'm Lake Jordan, obviously. And today, we have a special guest, my homeboy, Chris Cartwright, a.k.a. D. Mudder Scale, a.k.a. The Talk of Miami. That's who you are. That's whoever the fuck you're going to be. What's up, man? Hey, what's happening? Yo. So let me give everybody a little backstory into Chris and I know him. So shouts to Kyle Rison because through him I have a million fucking friends. And part of the people that I really fucks with, uh, who's intelligent, well spoken, is really a stand up guy. Like you're one of the most stand up guys that I've met and I know a lot of real stand up motherfuckers. Like I've never had a, a bad interaction with you. What you say, I listen to because obviously you know more about certain things than I do. So I'm always going to pay attention. And mm-hmm. like, we're obviously from different parts of the world, grew up different ways, but it's one of those situations like real recognize real. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think on, on the best of things, we keep it G on a lot. And we've had many conversations across the years, man. And I've, and I've enjoyed them and I've cherished them. Like, you're a real ass dude. And one of the things that put you in super high esteem of me was the whole H dot thing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That to me, like, so H. So, so in 2019, I was in Florida. Obviously, if everybody knows me, and I went on this hip hop podcast uh, in Florida by this dude H dot. And in the kitchen, I was in the kitchen with H dot. It was a dope platform put on a lot of local artists from mostly Florida. And I love that platform so much. I have so much respect for H Dot, you being involved with it and just everything. And H Dot was like, yo, who's a local? I'm going to be in Orlando. Who's a local artist that I should be checking for? And you tagged me in the, fa- in the group, in the, uh, in the um, post. I think, was, I think it was Instagram. Yeah, it was Instagram. Yeah, it was post Instagram. Usually. Yeah. And you tagged me in it. And I was like, oh, shit, because I just put out a song. And clearly, I mean, you, you, like a couple of songs, you fucks with them. And I appreciate that a lot because I'm very self-conscious. Like, I want everybody to like, every, like any art that I put out. So, yeah, yeah. It was taking me a couple of weeks to, like, figure out what I'm going to do about the H-Shot thing. And then he put out another post, like, hey, I'm in Orlando. And then you, like, tagged me again. I was like, all right, cool. So I, I found a way to get up there, which is, it was in Ocala. I'm thinking it was in Ocoee. And if you're in Orlando, Ocoee, mad close. Ocala, not close at all. That's just far. Far, bro. Like, you're damn near to Gainesville. Like, and I got in my car, which was on bald tires, and, like, my muffler was fucking out, so I just got to make it up there. And I went in there, and I fucking freestyled. I was so nervous. Like, I can't, I can't freestyle on, like, good unless my eyes are closed. So I went in there. But even then, like, you, you gave me the plug on that. Mate, Matt H. Dot. Like, it was, it, was, it was all love, bro. And I was just like, yo, like, you – I judge it – not judge a friend, but, like, I kind of fix my friends. And are they putting you in positions to win even if they're not going to see direct benefit? Right. Yeah. And you did that. And that that was just the realest thing, bro. Like, and I pre- and I and I think I've told you a thank you a million times for that. But like, thank you again for doing that, man. Yeah, no doubt, man. That's all good. I mean, it's it's kind of interesting. Like you brought up H dot, and <clears throat> the whole thing about me even like tagging you for that is part. It's two parts to it, really. All right. So one part is 
you know, you dropped that video. I guess mm-hmm. with your, um, I think it's your cousin, yeah, Lion and the Wolf. So I was yeah. like, damn, this gimme shit. I'm like, damn, this shit, this shit's nice. So then you know, he was like, yeah, I'm on this shit. I'm on this video, and I listened to your verse. I was like, yeah, this shit's tight. I listened to your cousin's verse. This shit's tight. But you know, I'm like, damn, okay, you were in Orlando, and my boy, his name is TME Murray. He's a rapper out of Orlando too. That's like my homie, homie. We grew up together. I know him since fourth grade. He's from Miami. Lives in O right now, O Town, and he got a lot of plugs. So a lot, one of the guys that he told me about and introduced me to, you know, was H Dot, who is a DJ. Mm-hmm. He, he DJs for a lot of different people, um, but in Orlando, he's kind of like the tastemaker. He's the guy. Facts. He's the guy that pretty much not the tastemaker, but he's one of them. Mm-hmm. And you know, he puts on the in the kitchen platform. He he uh, DJs at Alchemy Lounge. Which yeah. is a re- really dope hookah spot in Orlando. You know, Monday nights if you're in Orlando, when everything's cleared up, go out there. And you know, he puts on these different platforms. He knows a lot of in the know people in the city. So I kind of put, you know, it was like, damn, my boy's out there. He told me about H dot. I met him, and I was like, all right, this might be a good thing for you as chaos to go mm-hmm. out there. So. I didn't know it was going to be in Ocala, dog. I thought it was going to be in Orlando. And like you said, Ocoee, that's like right there. That's just like, Facts. West, it's like West Orlando. You know what I mean? It, pretty much. Bro, here's what South. happened. I hate to cut you off. Like, he was in Orlando early, but I was at work. And they were going to do their later show, but it was going to be it. And nigga, like, everyone involved was like, we thought it was going to be way. They all thought it was Ocoee, too. But you know, realize, like, bro, Ocoee, Ocala is an hour at least from Orlando. And that's if you're speaking. Yeah, yeah, it's it's up there, dog. Like it's not far, but it's not close at all, bro. Legit. So, so it's like with with you, I know you're you were my when I made the post that I was moving to Orlando. You were one of the first people to kind of hit me up to kind of give me the lay of the land of Florida. You know what I'm saying? Like even though you're a Miami dude, but you're in Orlando a lot. You know a lot of people. And so I literally was just like, like I had a homeboy from Columbus that lived in Orlando, but like you knew Orlando in a better way. And so you were like my, my contact, just like, yo, how to move, like which hoods to avoid and everything. Like I remember my first night going out, I literally like stumbled in the Paramore. Bro. Oh shit. Yeah. Bro. <laughs> bro, I was going downtown and I was lost and I headed West. I was like, like on like not dead center of it but it was like thankfully they're gentrifying it for niggas who ain't from there but bro it was Orlando was a trip like Orlando to me felt very home like like I felt very comfortable there yeah it's like it's like Orlando is Orlando is a cool place there's a lot of things that you can get into and there's a lot of things that you don't want to get into all in one. So <clears throat> even being on the west side, like the west side isn't all bad. Facts. I, I want to kind of clarify that a little bit for like people who listen because West Orlando does get a bad rap and some of it is justified, but it's, it isn't all bad there. Um, But you know, there's like, there's a lot of good things to get into. There's a lot of clubs. You know, there's a lot of um sports. Like, you know, youth programs, you know, the, the young people, because it's a college town. You got Full Sail, 
you got Rollins, and of course you got UCF, University of Central Florida. And Valencia. And Valencia, which is like on a smaller level. It's a community college, but a lot of people go there, young and old, go to Valencia. Mm-hmm. And then um it's just it's just a it's it's a it's a big city, but it's also not that big. It's spread out. Yeah, it's very um, spread out. I think because where I lived at was on the east side by uh, Fashion Square Mall, which is like a mile or so from downtown. Right. Like east, like East Orlando is so spread out. Like going into South Orlando is spread out too, and like North is very congested. But a lot of ways, how the city is set up, every neighborhood has its own vibe. You know what I'm saying? Like seeing. Like a, a greenhouse next to a blue house, next to a red house, next to a yellow house. And like, you never really knew who, like at least where I was at, who had like money and all like that. Like, everybody just kind of looked mad. Just it, like, it was eclectic. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, you got like, you know, obviously you got like your, um, your rich folk. Mm-hmm. You got your artsy, your artsy crowd. You have your, you know, your working class people. You have your college students. You have your hustlers. You got your people who are kind of like half and half. Like they're half college student, half hustler, which is pretty much everywhere nowadays. AKA um, models and club promoters. Models, club promoters. You got your your baby trappers, which, I, you know, like, I don't. there's certain thoughts to that as well. Like, all right, this is dude. He might live above you in this apartment complex, but he's selling weed. Or he's a sneakerhead, and he's a sneakerhead slash photographer. Or uh, you know, like you got this girl; she might be a tattoo artist, but she's into wrestling. And then mm-hmm. she's also, you know, works at Disney. It's like this, you know, it's a lot of different things going on. Like it's a hustle can... city. Was that? It's a hustle city. It's a hustle city, but a lot of people don't think of it as a hustle city because it has that stigma. I don't know if you want. Well, I don't want to call it stigma. I think it's just the perception. The perception of theme park, Fact. okay, Universal Studios, SeaWorld, Disney, you know, um, the yeah, Holy God. Land experience. There's so yeah, many. Yeah, I saw that. That was fucking hilarious. I used to drive by that going down I-4 to work every fucking day. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of, um, and, and then you also got, because Orlando is somewhat conservative, Mm-hmm. You got a lot of the conservative people there. You got the the truck drivers with their Trump the Trump stickers. You got your, um, just all kinds of everything in Orlando. You know, obviously, like you got your white people, you got your Puerto Ricans, you got your Asians, which are Koreans, and, and I think and Vietnamese. And Vietnamese. I, yeah. I lived in that neighborhood where Fashion Square Little is Saigon. surrounding it is Little Saigon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little Saigon is pretty dope, but it's also kind of like. Like Mill Street, like if you know, yeah, it, I, do, I do, I do. Mill, Mill Street, Mill Street. Um, that's a whole district. Yeah, you can ride Mill Street all the way up to Winter Park. You know what I'm saying? Into yeah. the uh, Orange Ave. Facts. Um, and it's Orange like a lot of dope spots are hilarious. Yeah, man. All of really cool to me, man. Like I, like. I always have a great time in Orlando. Like it's almost like a second home to me. I almost. I almost moved there numerous times. I get it. I, I get it, bro. Like, it's if you, there's a lot to gain in Orlando. And there's not a lot of, one thing I learned, like, it's, and the reason why I picked Orlando, because I have an uncle in Miami, but the reason I picked Orlando is because 
I've been to Miami before, and I was like, yo, this is expensive, and it's fast. Like, I have vices. I know I have vices. So it's just like, I need to be in a place where I can just focus on becoming a better person and heal from all the fucking trauma that I've been through the year before. And Orlando literally gave me that space to do that. Every time I went out, bro, like, we'd go out at least once a week. So I'm there every day. Like, so it's just like, there's no fighting. I didn't see none of that shit. Like, Orlando is such a blank slate that you can make of it whatever you want to make it. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of the, the, from what I could saw, like a lot of the dangerous stuff was concentrated in a single area. Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, I mean, you know that the west side is dangerous. You know, when you go into Pine Hills, you hit uh, Mercy Drive. We just talked about Paramore, which right. I, you know, me coming from Miami, and I'll say this, this might sound crazy to other people, but to me, I think Paramore, at least back in the day, we talking about, and when I say back in the day, I'm talking about like at least five years or better. You know? Chris, yes, yeah, hello. Hey, uh, yeah, all right, we're back, we're back. Yeah, yeah. So, um, what I was saying is, I feel like, you know, I've been I've been to Paramore a lot, and at least over the last like five to ten years, I would say a Paramore probably was one of the most dangerous hoods mm-hmm. in in Florida. Like just, and we're talking about like from Tampa to Miami, to West Palm, to Fort Myers, to Jacksonville. Paramore is probably in the top 10. Now, I'm not saying I've been through every hood. And you know how people feel about, oh, my hood's the toughest or my city's the toughest. Right. But, I mean, Paramore, it was like one of the places I was like, bro, this is... It's the trenches. This shit is like another level. You know what I mean? It like is, It's downtown. It is the trenches. But yeah. it's like there's no streetlights, really. It's like it looks very... Nah. Like... Like it looks like thriller, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's yeah. There's like trees and you know a lot real of dead dark. Ends. Yeah, like a lot it's of under the houses. highway. Yeah, it's um, it's not really projects because most people think of like no. projects, but there's like apartment buildings and there's these like, small two story apartment buildings that are like four like fourplexes, mm-hmm. and them shits are real small. They're real gutter. It's like I don't know how to explain it, dog. Like like people will tell you, man. I mean. You know, they, a lot of the rappers, there's a lot of new rappers coming out of Orlando, and they'll tell you about, like, Paramore, they'll tell you about Crosstown, they'll tell you about Mercy Drive, they'll tell you about Pine Hills, they'll tell you about, like, um, you know, down south is, like, Oak Ridge, mm-hmm. um, like, Texas Ave. Even OBT. Like, yeah, OBT. parts of OBT was. <clears throat> but every, OBT kind of, like, cuts through everything. It goes from right. south to the north. It John goes, Young, too. Yeah, John Young. You know, obviously, um, Colonial, um, right? Silver Star, um, Princeton, Church, like you know, Carver Shores. Yeah, um, like West Princeton is because East Princeton is just dip, like being there. I think it's one, like Orlando's one of those places where it's almost like Columbus too. Like you have to go looking for it because if you want to avoid it, you can. I avoided it for fucking nine months, so it's just like. I appreciate the realness of it. Like, the best, like, the, there's this Jamaican spot on literally the corner of John Young at 50. That's mm-hmm. the first time I ever had uh, beef patties. I fucking dug it. Like, yo, this is dope. Like, we don't have a lot of Puerto Ricans in Columbus. Most of the Puerto Ricans in Ohio live in Cleveland. And so I was more around Latin culture because of where I work, which was I, was, I worked in South Orlando. 
Right. But that's close to Kissimmee. So most of the Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, they coming from Kissimmee or uh, the Brazilians is coming from. Um, that's yeah. The Brazilians are more like Metro West. That's like the yeah. Metro West. Area. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. They got that shit on lock. Like the Brazilians, um, you got the Mexicans, obviously, they're kind of like scattered, but mainly Kissimmee. Um, but it's a mix. Mexican in Orlando was hilarious. Like, bro, you know they think you're Puerto Rican. Like, Colombians, everything. So it's just like, the thing I loved about Orlando was just how different it was. And like, for me, bro, like, like I said, you lived in, uh, you lived in Miami, but like, for me, waking up and driving down I-4 seeing palm trees, bro, was different. You know what I'm saying? Like, that'd be like you living somewhere where you see mountains. You know? Yeah, kind of going like, like on like on the opposite end of it. Like I didn't stay there, but um mm-hmm. you know, I went to I, I visited mm-hmm. in the in the wintertime. This is you know, my ex is from from there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a whole other story. But you know, this is like five years ago in January. Um we went to Indianapolis because her family's out there, and it was like my first time since I was a little kid to see snow, like like, but it was like 22 degrees, and the windshield felt like it was colder than that. Yeah, so I had to get you. Then it was like I had all my layers, but my hands. I did. I left my gloves in Florida. Ooh. I didn't buy any new ones. So my last day, you know, we had to return the rental car. You know, I got to, you know, being a man, I got to pump the gas. Bro, my hands felt like it was like a different, different level of cold. Like it's not like walking into a freezer. Yeah, it's it's that biting yeah. cold. Like man, I yeah. feel ashy even though I put lotion on. Trust me. Like, yeah, my hand, like my hands, it was like to your, like you felt it like in your bone. That that windshield hitting your hands because you don't have gloves or mittens on, and yeah, like it's but it was a change. Like seeing the snow plow on the, on the highway out there in Indianapolis, I got to see Lucas Oil Stadium, you know. Um, but just a different dynamic. I could see like you riding on I four, and it's like. 87 degrees and you're looking and you see all these big ass buildings and theme parks you see the millennium mall you see the oh, holy yeah. land you see all these like digital billboards you see no like it's you see the amway center bro let me tell you about millennium mall <coughs> i never felt so broke in my entire life because they have <laughs> stores we don't have in columbus like we don't have fucking Prada. We don't have Gucci. We don't have the Rolex store. There's a man who was hired just to be the doorman for the Rolex store. Like, yeah. Like the like the all the top end brands are at Millennium Mall. I feel so broke going to Hollister picking up my two shirts that I picked up on sale. Like <laughs> Hollister. I love Hollister though. Shout out to Hollister. Bro, I love I, I love it. I love their jeans. Like I I think Orlando to me was a city to where whether you stun it or not was kind of irrelevant because most of the clubs you couldn't pull up a car to like on Friday and Saturday night, they would block off a lot of the streets. So you can't pull up anyway. Yeah. So you yeah. have to, you still have to pull girls on the merits of being dope. Like Celine is one of my favorite clubs. Yeah, I liked it because it was big. I went I on a Friday. Celine. Because Celine tier. Tears um, dope. I didn't, I didn't get to go with room 22. Uh, I dig. I didn't go to the beach. Them, but we went to this little spot. Called shots. Yeah, it's like a bar, oh. bro. Shots, shots is so dope. Shots is cool as fuck. And the thing about Orlando, like for anybody that's listening, the difference between Miami and Orlando is this. Now, um, when you go out to the clubs, again, going back to what I said earlier about college kids, right? So, 
a lot of the college folk and just people in Orlando in general, not not to like knock them, but the dress code is totally different. Fact. So like you can go, you go to like a place like Shots, and all you need is your ID. So they're not really necessarily going to ask you about what you're wearing. You can wear like a V-neck T-shirt, some jeans, and some regular sneakers, and you're good. At most clubs, facts. In in Miami, it's not like that. Especially like when you're going into like a casino club or like something that's like a little more upscale. They want you wearing loafers. They want you wearing like Button dress down. pants. You got to have dress shoe, dress shoes. You got to have a button up. You may have to have a tie on. They won't let you wear a hat. Not even a fedora. None of that. Like a Kango. None of that shit. Stacy Adams. None of that. Like your shoes could be Stacy Adams, but not a hat. And they might not even let you wear shades. So. That's the difference between Orlando. Orlando is a little more like come as you are, vibe, drink. Okay, you get to talk to girls on the street. You get to, you know, you, you got your parking lot, your parking garage. Okay, if you drove, you know, you might catch an Uber right at the corner. Mm-hmm. And that's just it. And it's just a little bit of everything there. You might see, you know, um, rednecks, white people, tourists, black people. At a house you know, club. At a house right. club, or or black people at a, at a at a Latin club where it's just Puerto Rican night, Facts. and they playing nothing but reggaeton and and um trap Latin trap music, like you know listening to Ozuna, Bad Bunny, Faruko. Bro, and that's a it, whole vibe there. Yeah, yeah, it is, and then it's just like, or like a rave club, mm-hmm. you know, or you get to a, a craft beer, you go to a craft beer spot, and you see hood cats drinking craft beer, like it's just Orlando is just a it's such a a vibe, but don't get it twisted either. That's all I gotta say. It's fun. I, it is. I think it is fun because, like, you have like I remember going to Universal Studios, just to, like Universal, like not Studio, but like yeah, like Universal, and just to hang out. And uh, me and my buddy saw a movie, um, and so just like they have the clubs there that are big. Like the tourist people don't really go downtown because that's miles from where the resorts and the hotels are. Like, there are yeah. people who are visiting the theme parks, and then there are people who are visiting Orlando. Like, and I, yeah. I like that split, because <clears throat> if, you're, if you're south or south and southwest, you're probably a tourist. They have a lot of chain restaurants. They have a lot of this, A, buy Disney stuff for a dollar. They have a lot of that there. Yeah, International Drive is kind of like International Drive. I like South that Beast. place, though. Boom, that like is Orlando's version of South Beach. You can get out your I, car when I say and just South Beach, I don't necessarily mean South Beach in terms of, okay, tourist drive-through, mm-hmm. kind of, sort of. But, like, in, on, on Miami Beach, they have a lot of these, like, little mini tourist stores where you can buy, like, your Orlando T-shirt, just your city of Orlando, just basic regular T-shirt. I love Orlando with right. a big orange in the middle for the heart or something. You know, orange something County, real cliche. Baby. Yeah, real cliche. Um, the gift shops. Um, and, you know, you obviously got, like, Wet n' Wild. You got a lot of stuff. Um, going back to what you talked about, the food and the chain spots, the one spot that I fucks with in Orlando, this might sound funny to most people, but I fucks with Del Taco. I like the Del, only Taco. Del Taco. It's the only Del Taco, I think, in Florida is in Orlando. Yeah, on, it's off of International. International. On, on Sand Lake. Sand Lake yeah. and International. Facts. Del, I got Del Taco. Going over to the um, uh, movie theater over there. Yeah. So if you're if you're in Orlando... Got to do Del Taco, um, but there's a lot of look like homegrown stuff that you can go out there eat. Like um, definitely like a lot white of taco wolf, trucks. White Wolf Cafe, you got to mm-hmm. go hit that up. 
Um, you got to hit up um, Pom Pom's uh, Sandwicheria, which is on Bumby. Yeah. Um, yes, it is. Yes, the fuck, bro. And it's, I live and it's off open of until two. I think it's open until two, three in the morning. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you got to go to Pom Poms if you're there. You got to go to Flyers if you're on on, on um on Fifty Colonial. You mm-hmm. got to go to F- Flyers. Um. Damn, there's a few other spots. Oh, what's the What's the Mexican spot? Is it Tacos Locos? Yeah, it is. The Tacos Locos. You got to go to Naruto, which is the Naruto theme ramen spot, which is more on like the east side. Um, you got to check it out, especially if you're an anime head. And they got good ramen. Um, they sell curry. They got curry chicken there, too. Um, shit. There's a few spots you got to hit up. Like, not don't just go to the chain spots. Because if you're very... Oh, yeah, they got Giordano's. Like, the, the deep dish pizza if you're into that. See, I um, never got around to that, bro. Like... It's on Sand Lake, too. There's, um... Giordano's. Moo, uh, fuck. Mag, not Maggie Moose. It's a chicken wings. Not chicken. It's a chicken... Uh, fuck. I, even fuck, I think it is Magoo's. Magoo's. It's like the Raisin Cane's, whatever. But it's like all chicken strips. I love that fucking place. I think the reason why I appreciate Orlando so much because it it was such an open city. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like if you if you came there and you were just about your business, bet. If you came there and you wanted to just party, you can do that every fucking day. And I think the balance of it was that like the non stunting factor. Like, even going to Celine on, like, VIP nights and everything, it's like, I think everybody was generally there to, like, have fun and have a good time and not just yeah. done. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think like, that's um, what sets it apart. Like, when you go someplace and you feel like you can just be yourself and you don't have to, like, play up a character, you enjoy that a lot. I felt like if I'd have moved to Miami, I'd have become a caricature of myself. Miami is like Miami is is like the, it's it's those cities. It's like New York. It's like L.A. It's like Atlanta. It's like Houston. It's like Chicago. It's like even Seattle to an extent. It's to where everything's on steroids. Mm-hmm. It's like everything is to the extreme when you're even if even in like Fort Lauderdale, like you can kind of be low key in Fort Lauderdale or West Palm, but you still gotta you still gotta make your way down. You still have to go make your way even if you're going to Clematis Street or Las Solas or. Or Deerfield or Boca, you still got to make your way down to Miami to go do anything, and everything is an image. Everything is a, everything is an image. So when you go to Orlando, it's like okay, I can go to this hookah lounge and hang out. See, yeah, you get to see like all of the, the 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 next. Oh, this is the next hot artist, rapper, or singer, or producer, or mm-hmm. DJ in this hookah lounge, and you see all the baddies. Fact. Whether they're you know whether they're Orlando has some of the most beautiful women. Bro, I hate to cut you off. We were at Jacques and Chillers because there's a three-level bar. It's the one bar to where level one is like all like ice drinks. It's like like slushies and stuff. And then there's another one on top. I forget what the fuck it's called. Me and my homeboy is me. Obviously, I moved down uh, down there and lived with. And his two co-workers, we literally saw, I saw the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen in my entire life in real life. I was just like, bro, this is Orlando. Like everywhere you went, there's something beautiful. But the women there, I feel like in Orlando, which is way easier to talk to. Like, yeah, they are. Yeah, there's just all the girls that I met that went to UCF. They're just easier to talk to. And if you're good at conversation, you're gonna get you're gonna get you're gonna get some traction on it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, I mean, and then. 
and you got the you got the grown women too. Like I mean, yeah, you got oh, the yeah. college girls, you got the you got the out of towners, uh, but then you got like the the women who they're working women. They might be college educated. They might have a business. You know, they might do hair. They might, you know, um, maybe I just graduated from Rollins or UCF or maybe one of the other schools like the UF, University of Florida, the FSU's or USF, which is Tampa. Mm-hmm. Um, they might have came from Tampa. They might have came from Jacksonville. They might have came from Daytona. And they're in Orlando and they just live there, vibe there. You know, some of them are some of them are, might be looking for a dude. Some of them are they're just they're just have fun. And it's just it's just real cool. Like your mouthpiece really gets you farther than trying to like leave with your wallet when you're oh, in yeah. Orlando. Not, be- not saying it, it don't happen, but you gotta you, you can have a little more mouthpiece and talk with them. Bro, like if you're if you're dope, like if you are dope and you are genuine and you're like go to mouthpiece, you're gonna get fucking traction. Like I literally like I was my I was myself in a sense to where it's just like and I made a bunch of friends everywhere I went. Like Orlando's one of those places to where if you hit downtown, even if you're by yourself, you don't have to really worry about nothing because everyone's there to just have a fucking good time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, that's what I felt like. Like cause the the thing is dope about it, cause like they wall off a part of where they, there's like six or seven clubs. And you can drink between them. Like, all of them are, like, right across the little walkway around it. And you literally can drink outside and everything. They're playing music. It's top 40, but, like, everyone's just having a fucking good-ass time. And I I think coming from a place of clubs, like, you kind of appreciate it. Like, because you can't bring, like I said, if you have a fucking Maserati, no one can fucking see that shit straight off the bat. Like, you can't just pull up to a club in a fucking Bentley or a fucking Lamborghini, not most clubs, and that shit makes, like, make noise. You know what I'm saying? Because, no, like, you're, you can't, there's a place where you can't bring cars around. Right. So it's like, all the niggas who really wanted to stunt were, were all on, like, the niggas who wasn't stunting were on equal fucking playing field. Yeah, man. It's, um, it's a vibe, like, you can, you can do a whole lot with a little in Orlando, as far as like just the 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 networking, the definitely um, the media, the having fun part of it. I mean, you could just literally go hang out. And one of my favorite places is Winter Park. Yeah, uh, Winter Park so is under, so nice. It's so underrated. Like Winter Park, you could just walk around Winter Park um, and just talk to the people. You know, if you go to the, you know, you might go to a little sports bar. Facts. You might hit up like one of the little boutiques that's on. Um, What's the what's the street I'm trying to think of? Um, kind of like on the like kind of near Orange Ave. I um, feel it. Like yeah, so like you know you got Winter Park, you got the University area which is full sale. My boy yep. stayed like around full sale, um, and then that's the thing like you get to see all like I said the rappers. Um, remember WWE is there. It is you got a lot of re- you got a lot of old wrestlers like um, they live in Orlando. Some of them are from Orlando. I think a lot um, of them are there now, just kicking it. Yeah, they're 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 working out of the Amway, or they were. I guess now they're at um St. Pete and uh at the Rays Stadium. But um, oh, Naomi's where? from Naomi's from Orlando. She used to be a former Orlando Magic dancer, bro. Um, oh, I hate to cut you off. I met, and this is before Survivor Series. Um, from before Survivor Series in Orlando, and I met uh Velveteen Dream. Here's how I know I met Velveteen Dream. This nigga was at this, uh, it's a game, it's a video game bar downtown. 
Okay. He's dressed as Velveteen Dream. Like he's wearing a blouse, some like velvet, like some satin, like fucking velvet pants. Like nigga, you like he's got the shades, he's got the bandana. I was like, this nigga's Velveteen Dream, and he's hanging out with a bunch of other buff dudes. I think that are either on NXT or like hadn't really popped off yet. But Drake as well. I was like, hey, are you Velveteen Dream? He's like, nah. I'm like. Nick, why are you lying? I know you're Velveteen Dream. <laughs> like, you're dressed as a fucking Prince cosplayer. Like, nigga, I know it's you. I, I wasn't going to fucking bother him. and just like, hey, man, I like your work. I like your character. Keep it pimping. That's how I am around famous people. I met Chris Johnson, CJY2K, because it, yeah. was, it was the same fucking weekend. It was um, a, a black college game. They're playing at uh, the state camping world. I was like, yo, yeah, Chris Johnson. Florida, Florida Classic. Yeah. Boom. It was that week. I was like, "Hey, man, hey, congrats on your career. You keep, hey, keep doing your thing." I didn't know he went to Doctor Phillips till later, but like, yo, I love what you're doing. Hey, keep safe, be safe, and that's how I am a fucking star. But like, Velveteen was like, "Nick, you really tried to play me as if I don't know who the fuck you are." <laughs> yeah, see, like, um, going back to how South Florida is, Miami, like, people see we see uh, famous people all the time. Sometimes we grow up with them. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're like our friends. Like I don't. I mean, not to like get into my resume and who I know, but oh, I, we're going I, to get I, into your resume though. I know. I know a lot of these famous people. Whether we're talking about football players, rappers, singers, wrestlers, um, you know, business people, mm-hmm. reality stars, like all kinds of shit, man. And just like it's nothing because like we grow up with these people. Like like Miami basically breeds stars. I'm talking about from like middle it really school, does. high school, and it's just like nothing. I'm talking about like it could be the most hoodest. I don't know if that's a word, but like the, the <laughs> most hood high school in Miami, you know Broward, Palm Beach. There's gonna be somebody that you know. It doesn't matter what race they are. They're gonna become something, and that's why like it's like you can't big time people. In, like in Miami, you can, but you can't really big time people because it's like. Okay, that's that's so and so cousin. Not mm-hmm. not to downplay, not to downplay their talents or whatever they're doing. Oh, it'll be cut off again, Chris. Chris, yeah, you cut off again. Hello, but you, yeah, I'm back. We're back. Just say the back like where you're saying where you, to discredit him. Hello, yeah, can you hear me? Hello, Chris. Hello. Can you hear me? Hold on. Back. Sorry. Can you hear me? Yeah, man. My bad, man. I, had a, I got I got a call because the Dolphins just won. Like oh, last nice. second. Good for y'all. Yeah, man. But um, sorry. Go, we, we got a, a loss. We're saying uh, not to downplay people who have been successful. Yeah, it's just like we we see people all the time. This is like you know you see you could just see Rick Ross at Carroll City football games, or we could see Trina. We could see uh. You know, DJ Khaled, you can go see Lil Pump. You can go see uh, Gloria Stefan. Like, it's just nothing to go see these people just out and about because we've mm-hmm. seen them for years. Oh, that's so-and-so's mom. That's so-and-so's, oh, oh um, um, my lawyer represents his, you know, his, this client. Like, it's just no different. Like, Miami is just, it's so huge. I'm talking about from Palm Beach all the way down. If you know it's three different counties. That's just how it is. Like you might know somebody in Weston, or you might mm-hmm. know somebody in Palm Beach Lakes, or Palm Beach Gardens, or Delray, or Hollywood, or Miami Gardens, or 
or Kendall, and it's just like everybody knows something. Like everybody knows somebody. It's all a six degree of separation thing, and we we kind of respect each other, but at the same time, it's also a lot of like bullshit too because we don't push the talent that we should. In that's in Florida general, but in Miami especially, I feel like it's more about like the image. Like, oh, did you play football? Is your is your dad or mom in the drug game? Is your dad or mom or your brother, you know, like a tough guy or, you know, like it's always clout instead of saying like, all right, we know chaos can rap. Let me go put some money behind chaos and let me go put some money behind this young guy or this young girl or this group and make them prosper. But no, it's more like, all right, well, this little funny looking person got the image. So let's go put them out. But you know, that's, that's, you know, we, we got to stop that. It got to be a little more parody, I guess is the word where you got it. Like our competitive balance is another term. Yeah. You know, I, we got to have more of that. I, I feel that. I think it's um, like in Columbus, it, we don't have a platform like H dot. And I think yeah. what he does for Florida is so important, bro. Like reaching out and trying to put local artists on. Like we don't have radio stations that play local artists. And I think with Columbus, we're such a, a, a city that's close to everything. Like you can get to every major city on the eastern seaboard, even in the uh, St. Louis and Chicago within seven. Yeah, somebody hours. was saying that. Yeah, they were yeah. saying that Columbus is like. I mean, you go. I mean, I know it's not that far from Indy. No, and then um, three hours. You know, obviously with Cincy. Um, Ninety minutes, Pittsburgh, two hours. three hours. Um, Chicago, Lexington, Louisville, yep. St. Louis, seven like hours. this is in the middle of everything. And you're right. Like I mean, on the mainstream level, it hasn't really been that many big name rappers. Like who was it? Um, like Bow Wow, what Logic? Oh uh, no, Logic's from Baltimore. Logic from Baltimore. Okay, yeah. um, so we have so Bow Wow and we have Busy Bone. Busy's from Columbus. Oh yep. damn. Yeah, business from Columbus. So here's in Ohio, most of our music, if you go back to funk and everything, that's Dayton, Cincinnati, uh, with Zap, Roger Troutman, and everything. Right. Boots yeah, and Collins. Yeah, yeah. With rap, it goes Chip the Ripper, aka King Chip. But then, like, before that, you got Bone. Bone was us, bro. Like, everybody in Columbus, especially of a certain generation, like millennials, like early millennials. And what about Cuddy? X, what about Cuddy? Cuddy's getting, I'm, I am getting to okay. that. Okay. So, <laughs> Bone was so important to us because they it validated Ohio. It validated right, yeah. Ohio for a newer generation. Because if you're born and they in shot it out, it was like it was yeah. like they said it literally in the record when you first got creeping on a cover. Cleveland is the, the city, city where we come from. Yeah, and it was like after that, and then you know, Thunder's Ruggish Bone, you know, Tasha. Yeah, you know, Cleveland definitely in the house, like, like all that. So, I you, get it. You have that, and then with Cuddy, Kid Cuddy, especially to millennials and Gen Z, is important, like crucial. He's a pillar for us as far as not like this hip hop shit, and even just cultural. Because mm-hmm. I love Man on the Moon, but the most impactful album that Cuddy did for me was Man on the Moon 2. Just because where I was at mentally and where I was at in life, like, Man on the Moon 2 is really, like, I love, I fuck with Cuddy hard. 
but like what made me like yeah. revere him was his the second album. Like there's a whole generation of us, especially if you're younger, like when Kid Cudi says, I'm your big brother, we feel that. Because we we didn't have an artist that reached that overreach call. Like Bone was hip hop. Hip hop has really respect Bone. Hip hop Biggie Busy is one of my favorite artists. Bone, I think, is one of the only artists to work with Biggie and Pac. Like you will one of see, a one of a few, probably like Method Man. Yeah. Um probably like Red Man, I think, is in there somewhere. They did something with Biggie and at, at the height of the beef. Like Thug Love was at the height of the beef for him and Biggie. Um yeah. Notorious Thugs at the height of the beef. And so with Cuddy, Cuddy crossed so he was a pop artist, he was a hip hop artist. He expanded so many fucking when I did my freestyle on H Dot, it was rolling. It was a song that Cuddy did with Jackie Chain. This rapper out this Korean rapper out of Alabama. Yeah, yeah, Jackie Chain. I know about Jackie Chain. I like Jackie, Jackie Chain. Chain. I fucking yeah. love rolling. Like I was like, I'm gonna rap to the one beat that represent and then when I played it, uh the dude that was with H Dot, one of his people, he's like, Oh, you pick some Ohio shit. Like, yeah, I get it. Like, not a lot of people know about that shit. Cause it's just like we have a pride of where we're from because we it was like we took the bow like bro we don't fuck with bow out just because when you're fighting for respect in an industry especially a genre it's so easy to lose that like St. Louis has yeah St. Louis has also has battle rappers like niggas made fucking shit on Chingy but yeah a verb hit I think Hitman a verb is oh. dope too Hitman Holla like but yeah. St. Louis is St. Like, Jaquan, like, Hood Hop, Tipsy, like, we right. didn't have that. You know what I'm saying? Like, Chicago has their rappers. Like, Houston has their rappers. Like, but for, like, for Ohio, we get lumped in together with everything. Yeah, so, it's like you got Cleveland, Cincinnati. You know, you got, like, high tech. Even, yeah. like, Stally. And I fuck with Stally. Um, but he's more like Massillon. That's like Massillon, Canton. That's more like right. Cleveland. Yeah, right? it is. It, um, so it's like it's 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 not a lot of mainstream names that are big Ohio other than the ones that we named. Right. Um and it's like and I and the crazy part about it is like how I got to know um we just talked about Kyle Meta. Mm-hmm. Um and I met you know, I started talking with Meta. This is like at least like ten years or better. Mm. You know, basically through like, you know, obviously the, the message boards, the MySpace, and then you start getting involved with like other rappers, mm-hmm. um, like Damari, Damari Faust. Right. Shout out to him. Um, and you know, and then it's like there's a dude named CJ De Niro from Cincinnati. I fucks with him. Um, damn, there was so many guys that was like rapping and making beats that were out of Ohio, mm-hmm. and I just started like, oh well, damn, you know this guy. And I started learning about the cities. Like, obviously, you're going to know about Cleveland and Cincinnati, but I didn't know shit about Columbus until Meta really pretty much like, okay, this is Southfield. Okay, this is Eastside. Okay, this is MTV. This is Short North. This is Kyle is one of, as me and him, you see it, me and him go at it a lot. But me and him also have that respect. Like, that's my homie. Like, we go at it like brothers. Like, that's my brother for real. He's been a good ambassador and a good conduit for Columbus because he's from everywhere, but right. he rides for us a lot. He he puts on like 
yeah, he's from D.C. He's, you know, he even lived down here. Me and him chopped it up when he lived in West Palm because he got family out here. And, you know, I basically showed him around when he was in Miami. You know, we was in the studio together in Miami. We chopped it up. We was kicking it out there in um in West Palm off of um Forest Hill and shit. Shout out Forest Hill. Um, shout out all that shit in West Palm. But like we was we was just going all around, man, like just hanging. And he he still reps Ohio. Like he's ODOT meta. That's yeah, that's his handle. He's gonna rep Columbus. He's gonna, you know, like he tells me like he tell me about oh yeah, this is the dude, oh yeah, copyright. Oh yeah, this is the next cat coming out of out of the city. Oh, you need to check out these this that DJ. This is that, you know, this is what's going on. You know, he basically gave me the rundown of how Columbus is. And it was like, damn, I had a appreciate more of an appreciation of that city that I ever had within the last, I want to say 12 years or so. Like he he put it on the map, you know, going battling, going on MTV. A lot of people don't realize he was on MTV representing the Columbus on the um I think it's the World Hip Hop Championships or whatever it was, mm-hmm. um, and just, just um, shit uh, introduced me to you. So it's like just knowing how to move when you're in that city, and me also the same thing, kind of giving that game to you, being you know, okay, c- when you come to Miami, this is how it's gonna be. All right, it's not just about what they showing you on TV with loving hip-hop or music videos. It, like, it ain't just Haitians. It ain't just Cubans. It ain't just, um, <clears throat> you know, all this stuff. Like, it's it's a little bit of everything here. You know, like Orlando. Orlando's Orlando. Tampa's Tampa. You know, Jacksonville, Daytona, Fort Myers. It's it, There's differences, but there's similarities. But Miami is Miami. And there's a certain way of living and moving and you just respect everywhere you go. Like I've been to Jacksonville, I've been to Savannah, I've been to Indianapolis, I've been to New Orleans. Um, and eventually I'm gonna make my way out to Columbus. I'm gonna make make my way out to Ohio at some point and just check things out for myself. Bro, I, I think with with Columbus and just with I think if we are a weird mixture of a te- a burgeoning tech city a blue collar city but we're not yeah. as like blue collar as Cincinnati and Cleveland because you have a lot of the mills there like we're blue collar in the sense of we had a lot of warehouses Columbus has the most warehouses anywhere in the midwest oh damn and so there's always opportunity so we shine different you know what i'm saying like we if you can't make it in Columbus nigga you are not trying like you have to. Like, I've heard that. Like I've heard that from more than one person. You're if you cannot make it in Columbus, you are not trying because it's. But one thing too, you have to have a car. If you have a car and you show up to work on time, you're gonna be all right. Especially if you drive equipment. Like in Orlando, the one thing that I didn't like is that like because work is so cheap there, you really have to fucking grind and hustle. Like Orlando is a hustle yeah. grind city. It's not like Tampa or West Palm anywhere on the beach where it's like, yo, let's all work really hard, but we're really working just to fucking go party. Like we live on the beach. Like if you live in the Keys, like it's so much chiller. I feel like I would fit on the Keys, but I definitely wouldn't. Like I knew Miami. Like it's just, it's I I I don't feel like I don't want to have to to stunt. And in Columbus. 
stunting is cool, but nigga, everybody is on the come up. Everybody's yeah, it's, making it's money because everybody's making like we have McDonald's that pay like thirteen, fourteen dollars an hour. We have like Captain D's and Taco Bell and places like that. And the thing is too with us, land is cheap. And the pro- yeah, cost y'all rent y'all rent is, is way different. Um, <laughs> just in the Midwest in general, like when I was in Indianapolis, mm-hmm. um, one thing I peeped about Indy, and this is why like I kind of fuck with the Midwest coming from Florida. Like Florida, you don't see now hiring signs just around. It's just more of like only now hiring signs you may see is like, oh, the sheriff's office is hiring, or um you know, like something that's like Amazon. Amazon, they'll have a billboard for Amazon. They'll have a billboard for like the Hillsborough Sheriff's Department or some shit. Mm-hmm. And then you'll just see that and they'll put the salary like literally in the hood to get like all the people who are like they're not criminals, but they're broke. So it's like, oh, well, I could make $50,000 an hour as a correctional officer. I mean, $50,000 a year as a correctional officer. So let me go apply for this job. And they get the males and females to do it. But in Indy, it was like almost every avenue I drove and mind you, it's snowing. And I see a now hiring sign, like a big banner. I see signs in the in the grass, whatever grass is there in the snow. Like, I'm seeing now hiring signs almost everywhere. And, and in my head, I'm thinking, like, either niggas in the city ain't grinding hard enough to want these jobs, or it's just a, too much of an abundance of jobs to where, like, they're not taking these. These are, like, the rinky-dink jobs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we definitely get to be more... Um... Uh, more choosy with the jobs, like like yo, like like me, like I drive equipment. Like if you're not offering at least seventeen an hour, I'm not talking to you. For what? Like, and that's what even with Amazon, people are making eighteen something. But like where I live at now, bro, I'm in a nice suburb. I'm close to a mall. I'm literally, I can close to a nice movie theater and everything. I literally pay nine fifty for a two bedroom in Orlando. Bro, you're not paying, even if, unless you're in the hood, hood, you're not living anywhere nice for less than 1100 And I'm Yeah, and then the 1100 is pushing, 1100 is even pushing it in right. Orlando. Like, like, I mean, you probably could stay in Rosemont for right. 1100 but that's like borderline hood. If you're not in the hood, you know, like, it's, it's like that in, in, in Florida in general. I mean, you can't even live in like, unless you're living in like the country, you're living like Ocala. Yeah, you need to be Arcadia, Arcadia, Florida. Somewhere far from the fucking, from the city. You might be able to live for like eight fifty nine hundred dollars for, for that. When you're living in like an outskirt town, you're not, you're living 50 miles away from a decent city. You're living 50 miles away from Fort Myers. You're living 50 miles away from, from Daytona, you know what I'm saying? Like you might be living in like Deltona or D Land. Yeah, I've been living in Deltona in, before. You're living, living in like Bunnell, Florida. Like shit, that's oh. just like you're you're in you're you're not in Orange County. Like you're you're south of it or east of it or what? Like it's I I I, I appreciate the openness of Florida. Like bro, I hated tolls and I hated the fact that fucking tolls suck. Oh my, like fucking like there was no sale. Like the sales tax was so high. I would rather live in a state like Ohio where there is income tax than because then and we have no sales tax unless you buy a drink. So if you go and buy a fucking hamburger that costs like five bucks, you're paying at least five forty. That shit adds up. If you if you are have a family and everything and you want to eat out, like bro, that shit adds up so much because the tourist yeah. trap. If you want to buy clothes, or buying a car, buying bro. a car is really where it hits you. 
and and I'm talking about like off the dealer, off the lot. Right. You're buying a car, and and I didn't realize this because like on my birthday, I went to, I went to Tampa, which is Hillsborough County. I didn't realize that Tampa sales tax is higher than anywhere in Dade County, Broward County, Palm Beach, or Orange County. They have the highest. I think it's like eight and a half, so or eight, something like that. So when I went there, you know, just me and, you know, my new little lady, we went to Target to go buy a few things. And I had to look at my receipt. I'm like, why does this have an eight on it? I'm like, you're telling me Tampa is more expensive than Miami? Dade County? Like, Tampa's, and I'm not knocking Tampa. Like, I shout out to Tampa. I got a lot of family in Tampa. Yeah, I've but it's pricey. Before. It is pricey, and and not all of Tampa is nice. Tampa got some hood shit, you know what I'm saying? Tampa got some hoods, and and I'm like, bro, I don't see where the money's going. Yeah, it might go to like some of the theme parks, or it might go to maybe the police or the Hard Rock Casino or something. I don't know, but it doesn't go. Or maybe it goes to the Tampa exactly. Buccaneers and the Lightning or some shit. Ebor, Ebor, <laughs> yeah, it definitely goes to Ebor or Sarasota and shit. Like Southwest Florida, West Florida, like that's. That's a different vibe than even Miami, than even Orlando. Oh, very different. And I think it's, even Orlando going toward, like, I'm not a beach person. That's another reason why I didn't choose Miami. Like, I remember I, met, I went to Miami back in, like, 09. I'm at North Miami Beach. I'm, like, I'm looking oh, at the water. Me. Yeah, I'm, like, all right, this is it. Like, I think I'm close to Aventura, but I'm, like, all right, this is it. Cool. I sat there for, like, five minutes. Like, I am officially not a beach person. If there's a beach party, if we're grilling, but to just go and sit on the beach, not me. I'd rather be in the mountains, which is why I, I like fucking. Portland. I've never, I've never gotten into like. I mind you, I'm, I live, I've lived here damn near all of my life, um, but I'm just not a, I'm not a beach person either. I don't do salt water. I don't like seaweed touching me. I don't want a stingray fucking Facts. me up. I don't want a, a shark biting me. I don't like people in my personal space while I'm in this big ass ocean. I can't really swim. So it's kind of like, <laughs> it's like what am you know, I and I don't like, I don't like sand. I don't like sand in my shoes. I don't like sand in my car. I don't Bro. like trailing sand. Like, I don't like sitting in a wet car. Like, you know, you're sitting in a wet car. Like, you're going get some wet. hellacious fucking thunderstorms, bro. It's hot as a motherfucker. I don't. Like, I was, the beach is cool to, for like nighttime. You know, you do the romantic shit. You walk in and then you go on. But to just sit at the beach all day, like go Memorial Day weekend, let's go to the beach. Oh, Labor Day, let's go to the beach. Fourth of July. Uh, um, I'd rather just do a brunch or yeah. go to, you know, go to a house party. I'm going to my people's house. Like I'd rather go. To, I'd rather hit the hood. I'd rather hit a house party. Oh, I know my boy got a grill. He got a backyard. It's closed off. We can play the music as loud as we want up until a certain point. You know, um, it's invite only. I don't got to be around a bunch of shitheads. You know, getting into fights, they're drunk. A lot of people, you know, it's like we've seen the videos, you know, where Fact. police coming out. You know, you got the fucking, the, you know, it depends on what side of I- ideology you are, whether you're Trump or, you know, whatever, whatever it is, whatever, whatever. It's like war, clashing wars, or you, or you just don't like this person because he's from this hood or whatever, and you just don't want to deal with it. Don't like sometimes like, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm not an introvert, but I'm not an extrovert. I'm in between. And then you just kind of got to know what your limits when you're an ambivert. Mm-hmm. You got to know your limits. So this is like when I go to these events, I know it's a time frame where it's like, all right, Chris, it's time for you to go. Facts. Or it, it's time for you to like, all right, you haven't really done enough networking or enough like 
talking with people. Like, you got to know that. Like, some people are just extreme introverts. So they'll go to a party or they don't even go to the party. But if they are going to the party or they go to the event, they don't talk to anybody. Or they have a certain select group that they know that they're basically around and they're like a puppy dog. Feel me? Yeah. Or you got those people who just like they know how to they have they know how to mingle. They know how to move. They know how to walk walk the um room and they'll literally say, Hey, how you doing? My name is Chris. Nice to meet you. If you need anything, hit me up. Oh yeah, this is what I do. Whoop whoop. And they just know how to make small talk and they know how to they're great at that. I'm in between. So but yeah, it's like the beach is not my thing. The beach is I think one of the things that I can appreciate just Florida, other than I guess quote unquote Florida man, was just the I don't know, man. Like I said, like everywhere I went, there was no real static. Like I didn't have any issues with anybody. It's just like if you wanna avoid the bullshit, you fucking can. Like that to me is hella wavy because in a lot of cities, like you you can't. So For for me, one of the things that I appreciated and was always just making sure I pay attention to was just like the surroundings. There's so many just dope ass surroundings in in Florida as a whole. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's just like and just like I said, like with Orlando, like bro, everybody wanted to work hard, but then when they're off, they're off. And I can appreciate and it wasn't about just everybody's trying to make as much money as possible. People wanted to make enough money to where they're comfortable and then that they could fucking kick it. Yeah, you just want to live. People just want to live. Like, people think that, like, Miami or just South Florida or Florida in general is just everybody's such a workaholic and we just enjoy it. No, we don't. We, we would rather just, I know everything costs a lot, so we have to kind of just do everything in a cost-effective way. Some people do have to work three. two, three, four jobs you know, like some people do have to like have a bunch of side hustle. They have to have a bunch of everything, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's it's hard out here. Like you can't just you can't just not work. So some people do have to take on a bunch of different jobs and a bunch of different responsibilities. But when they do have a good job and they are making good money, then when you know Friday five o'clock hits, they're at happy hour. Yeah, they're at, they're at happy hour. The phone is off the uniform is off if they got a uniform or whatever. And then like, you know, Orlando, everything is, you got to be there earlier. Like, it's not like Miami where you could show up in, at a club at like midnight and still get it in. Yeah. Orlando, you're definitely, if you're trying to show up a motherfucker like at 12, why? For what? Yeah. You're, you're like, nice done. You're nice. Done. Yeah. You're, you're nice. Cause it's closing at two, two thirty. Like for me, bro, because I live so close to downtown, I would, Literally get there at like nine nine thirty, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Kick it. It it was just one of those cities where it's just like you can really enjoy yourself for a lot. Like now, some of the beer prices were hiked up. Like if you're paying four four fifty for a beer, you're not gonna be too fucking happy about it. But it really beats if you wanted a, like a drink, drink maybe five six dollars. Like like I said, the one I think it was called Chillers. They're fucking on on Saturday Fridays and Saturday nights. Like you're paying. Like three fifty, four fifty for like a a good filled alcohol drink. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. And the bar above it, we saw that one John. Like they had literally buy one beer, get three free. 
Bro. Like a bucket. That's like buying a bucket. Bro, no, it was literally, hey, let me get this Heineken. And then you pay like five bucks, and then she's handing you two more Heinekens. Like, hey, I only wanted one. Oh no, it's buy one, get three, get two free. Oh shit. Like that's just dangerous. <laughs> like, but it was dope. Like, you go and get a beer, like, and they had that shit to like 1030. It's like, yo, like it's expensive. And I think because it's so expensive to live there, you kind of want to have cheap libation because you want people to come out. Yeah, that's you know like, what I'm um, like, like you spend yeah. 30 bucks, you're great because you're not paying to get in anywhere. Yeah, Miami's not like that though. Like, I, Miami, the prices of everything is like crazy. Like, I pay for a cranberry and vodka. I remember this now. I went to South Beach mm-hmm. and I paid $13 for a little ass cranberry and gray goose. I'd have fucking this, left. And and this is normal. We pay it. You know what I mean? Now, bottle service, forget about it. It's oh, yeah, that's at least, bro. It's it's like four hundred dollars or better just to have bottle service with with just and that's like one or two bottles with the couch and like you and maybe like four to six other people and and people you gotta get it. a financial planner yeah it's and people pay it though it's like crazy now now mind you like I've had not to brag I've had like moments where we had VIP and VIP was taken care of or we got comped or we mm-hmm. were there because like we had business interests in the club. Like mm-hmm. it was somebody performing, or that was my homie's night, or something like that. Like it was something to where, like, all right, that got taken care of, or you know, all you gotta do is tip, and you know, obviously you're throwing like fifty to hundred dollars in tip money. Facts. So, but yeah, just drinks in Orlando are a lot more cost effective now. In comparison, earlier this year, you know, before COVID, went to New Orleans, February. The drinks in New Orleans are cheap and plentiful. And when I say, and they're everywhere, it's not just, okay, Bourbon Street or Frenchman Street or whatever. No, I'm talking about, like, you can go to a gas station, a random Chevron, and they will sell you a mixed drink for $5. Now, nice. it's like a slushie. It's like going to, like, 7-Eleven and getting, like, a Slurpee. You know, you might want, mm-hmm. like, a pina colada, but then you want Jack Daniels in it. They'll throw a, a Jack Daniels, like, airplane bottle, like Shooters. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, Patron or... Whatever, whatever liquor that's in that little airplane bottle, they'll put it in there along with the, with the, um, you know, you drink hurricanes at Chevron, you know what I'm saying? Like, Facts. Or, and then they also have 24 hour full liquor at the corner store. So like, you can get like a Remy Martin, but it's in a plastic bottle. So they don't sell anything that's in glass. Like if you buy beer, like a six pack, it's all tall boys. Okay. And yeah, it's 24 hours. Like you get any liquor, tequila, vodka. Rum, it's all, it's all, it's all in, um, and you get it behind the counter. They'll, they have everything like behind the counter and they'll sell it to you. And everybody was just hanging out drinking at the corner store. I think it is, I think cities like that are dope because they're mad underrated in the sense of they want people to have a good time. And I always felt like that with Orlando. It's like outside of because it breaks down. You know what I'm saying? You have Winter Park, North Orlando. You have Downtown District. You have East Orlando, which starts at, like, Guilt, Guilt Club, as far as, like, club. Because there's, like, UCF's campus is fucking horrible. Like, bro, come to Columbus, even if, like, obviously after COVID, like, our campus compared to UCF's, completely different. I was so disappointed with UCF's whack-ass fucking campus because it's literally just UCF. (laughs) 
it's literally just UCF and a big ass fucking middle, roundabout. I can't say middle of nowhere. No, it's, it's in the middle of fucking nowhere. It's like, hey, we got to put a college here. Okay, we're gonna put it close to downtown. We can do shit. Nah, we're gonna put it way far out. Like, get the, like, bro, UCF is essentially in Hialeah. Like comparatively, but, but 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 let's talk about Rollins College though. Rollins is kind of like in Winter Park. Full Sail is in Winter Park. Rollins, so yeah, Rollins, Rollins is so fucking small. That's not a camp. Like, bro, Ohio State is a full campus. But it's a, but we know we know Rollins is a very small. Like, it's a private college, and Full Sail is like you know Full Sail is a big kind. But Full place. Sail is way out there too. Full Sail is in Winter Park, bro. It's on yeah, the edge like, of it. But yeah, but like full cell doesn't have like campus life in the sense of it's not a it's it's not like it's nice. It's not a real university. It's Boom. not like it's not a it's not a it's not a higher learning institution like the Ohio State. And Boom. I get that. Like Ohio State is literally in the middle of the city. It's going north. You have literally bars all the way down. You're, there's always something to do. So like there's no like there's a, we have a bunch of college bars, college clubs. I've emceed at a few of them, but like. It's it's an event going on campus. Like if someone said, "Oh, I'm going to campus," you know what the fuck they're talking about. You know what the fuck they're finna get into. Like right. UCF is, I am going on campus for what? Like you got a class this later? Like what are we doing? You finna rob? Like what's going on? And so that was the only difference. Like me and my boy Matt was riding. Around. I was like, "Yo, let's go see UCF's campus. Go to a campus bar, something. Nothing. It was whack. Get there, just disappointing because so many of the of the when you go out there, so many of the neighborhoods are just kind of sectioned off. Like, it, it's really weird in the sense of where it's like one block is from another block, but like it's all gated communities. And so it's not as open as the neighborhoods. Like, Little Saigon is fucking open. Like, there's so many walkable places. Like, Lake Eola is dope. Okay, it's not a lake. It's a, my homeboy calls it Hella Pond Eola because that's what the fuck it is. That's just a really big pond. There are lakes. There's a lake going down East 408 or East 50 that's massive. Like, Orlando's got a lot of fucking lakes around. Holy yeah. shit. Like, bro, it's and I stay in the Bro, any body of water, like in Ohio, you can swim in them and you don't have to worry about a fucking reptile trying to eat you. Like, this one girl was like, hey, let's go to this lake and go swim. I was like, no, it, no, I'm not doing it. Why? There might be pythons. Like, that's, and that's light. That's pythons are light. Now we're talking about like gators or um what's the other shit? Anacondas. Like water, 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 water moccasin. Well, anacondas yeah. well, that's like more of like a swamp thing. Yeah, that's more town. That's in the that's in the y'all's area. That's in the your area. That's like the Everglades. Yeah, yeah whatever. Just literally eat a panther, but like bro. a water moccasin. You do not want to fuck around with those. Like you don't want to just like jump in a lake and then get bit by a fucking water moccasin. You will die. That's like no joke. That's a venomous snake. And bro. then um. And just like, yeah, alligators. Like, can't fuck with alligators. And then we still have coyotes here. You do. We have coyotes in Florida. People and black widows, bro. <laughs> yeah. We do have coyotes in fucking Florida. Like, we do have coyote alerts in Broward. Now, mind you, they don't just like, um, they don't really attack people so much, but they can. It's not, they're not, they're, how can I put it? They, obviously, if you're bigger than them, they're not going to attack you. But let's say, like, you have a dog. You're walking a dog, and you oh, have a little dog, dog, like a chihuahua. They're going to fuck your dog up. They're going to try to fuck your dog up because they look at it as food. Yeah. So, like, it's, it's yeah, coyotes are not nothing to fuck with. And um, 
yeah, um, the water moccasins and the pythons and alligators. It, it's, it's it's crazy. Shit, a birds will attack you out here. You think you could just walk around and play with birds like, oh, it's nature. And the fucking big ass ravens comes and fucking try to peck your fucking head out. Bro, y'all so niggas is wild. Like, it's, but I, like I said, like, I, there's so many parts of Florida that I fucking love, but there's so many parts that are just like fucking scary. Like, bro. It I, it's, it's yeah. crazy. Like one of the things that uh, I I said, one like just with our relationship and our friendship is just that like you have this aura about you as if you've been there before, and so you put me on to a lot of game, and you bring up like even like the videos and send you send me in the DMs on Instagram and everything. Like I super appreciate that you put the effort in to maintain this friendship. And I hope that I've been putting a, a satisfactory enough in too, because like you've you've really helped out just mentally. Like me going on H dot helped me get my confidence back, bro. Like dead ass. Like that meant so much. That simple gesture meant so much more to me than I can even properly explain. Because like that's not something that you had to do, but you did it. Like that that always is going to sit very well with me because. That's just that's Damn. just real shit. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people don't really want to see other people shine if they're not gonna shine too. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing, like um kinda kinda going off of what you're saying, um, I've had friends or so called friends or people that were around me that they got all the talent in the world. So like with someone like you, I know you want it. You know, like you want it in some form. You want it, mm-hmm. so I don't mind helping you. Um, and it, you know, it's not anything that like, oh, well, you know, I'm doing it to for some kind of cosmic reward later on down the line or some kind of shit like that. Nah, it's just like I, you know, like sometimes you want someone. If you had someone like you in your corner, you would appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've had friends of mine that have all the talent in the world, and they squandered it it's like like they said in um Bronx tale the saddest thing in life is wasted talent and a lot of people waste their talent on bullshit they like i mean we're not even gonna get into like the whole like all right well drugs or girls or whatever some people just it's clout and ego and um just conceit and deceit Mm -hmm. and a lot of just I don't know, some of it is environmental factors, some of it are, you know, people are chameleons. They're social chameleons, they're um, you know, a lot of it is the, the usual um, use people to get somewhere, like it's very Machiavellian, dog. Yeah. Like, like, on a small scale, and it's like, they, it's real petty, like, they'll do, they'll do real, they'll test you for petty-ass money, like, you have these people who accuse you of um, using them or trying to like trying to like undercut them when they're really undercutting you and no projection because it makes them yeah you know, it make it makes them feel better to say that like you were you were well you fucked up anyways you might have did one little minor thing but then they're looking at you oh well you know well maybe he's trying to do this so whatever like I'm gonna X him out and I'm gonna just use him as a scapegoat or use her as a scapegoat and it's just like those people you just gotta leave alone. You just gotta leave alone or or you're doing everything for them, and it's like damn near like babysitting, or like, or like a little like like you don't have like I I don't have kids, 
So mm-hmm. me having to like feed a grown man or give them clothes when they could work for this kind of shit, as I do, it's kind of like, all right, well, I'm doing it out of the kindness of my heart. But at the same time, like you got to pull your own weight. You got to pull your own weight in many aspects. I can't give you rides. I can't compliment with at events. Like I can't try to do your resume for you to get this job. I can go talk to somebody and say, hey, man, I got this guy. Recommend him. But to just to just do everything for you is kind of like, well, shit, I need to get your salary, too. Yeah, you know what I, mean? like, I, like, I, I, I get that. Leg work. You're not doing the legwork. And, 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 and you're basically using me for the resources. You're using me for damn near everything or using someone, someone that's around me or us or or around you, whether it's, you know, your parents, they, they use their parents, use their girlfriends or boyfriends, they use the, the people, their, co- their own co-workers, you know, yeah. like, it's just a lot of leashing, and, and that shit gotta stop, man, like, as, especially as black people, and I'm not, you know, I don't want to just throw the black people thing out there, but it's just, shit gotta stop, dog, like, we gotta do better, we do have to, like, sometimes we gotta do things that we don't want to do, like, Sometimes we do, like, fuck all the glamorous shit. Fuck being too cool to go work a job. I'm too cool to work at a call center. I put on this trap persona, so I got to be out here trapping. Or I put on this cool guy, cool girl persona where, you know, like, I'm I'm rocking Prada and, and Fendi and shit like that. And I can't go work a regular job because they see me in this music video or they see me in this Instagram post. I can't go work. I got to work a glamorous job. I got to go work as a personal trainer or I got to go, you know what I mean? Like I got to be a credit repair specialist or some crazy shit like that. I'm not knocking those people or those professions, but it's like, shit, sometimes you got to go work retail. Sometimes you got to go work in sales or whatever, a restaurant Mm -hmm. or working in a casino, whatever it is. Like you got to just grind it out. Like fuck the image. You got to feed your family or feed yourself or take care of your bills or whatever it is, like it's like the the stop trying to use people, I or think, mis or, or misuse people. That's the word misuse. As everybody gets used, don't misuse people. I think it's a situation to where in Columbus we are still a lot of us have family that come from either the South, like Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, or Detroit, Cleveland. Like my my dad's from Mississippi, my mom's from Cleveland. You have that blue collar uh, mindset to where you're not afraid of the grind. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you're not afraid of literally hunkering down. And I think it's different because in cities where it's sunny all the time and you want to stunt, you can. With us, it's like, like you. You literally just work, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you just you just work like it's cold. So you'll do you'll go in early or you'll work longer hours because it's cold out. You know what I'm saying? Like I yeah. might as well if I'm if I'm indoors, I might as well stay in this bitch. You know, yeah. I respect it though. I respect it. Like I respect that mid Midwest grind, whether it's Ohio, Michigan, Missouri, Indiana. I respect it. Um and like down here, it's like I don't get it. Not everybody, but like we come from the islands. Yeah, my family is Bahamian, 
for the most part. I mean, I got Bahamian you know, cousins a, too. Oh, I hate to cut you off. When I first got to Orlando, the one dude that first helped me out, I was carrying a car battery back to my car, obviously. But the first dude to help me out was a Bahamian dude. And I figured he was fake because he'd be at that Bahamian flag on his uh, car. So shouts to the Bahamas. And I was like, yo, I got cousins from the Bahamas. Like, yo, shout. So keep going. My bad. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, being from the Bahamas, like, there's a certain, like, work ethic. Like, Bahamians are very, um, very scholarly. Mm-hmm. Like, they take their education very serious. They take their, um, just a lot of stuff. Now you start to see, like, a lot of, like, basketball players and track stars come from the Bahamas. Like, shout out to Buddy Heald, mm-hmm. Eric Gordon, Facts. Um, DeAndre, DeAndre Ayton. We have, a, we have a few Bahamians, like, they're starting to come up, but, like, it's a work ethic. Because we're so many islands, like Bahamas has a lot of islands. Yeah, and and like everybody thinks of like Nassau, but then you got these smaller islands. You know, think of Nassau, they think of Freeport, they think of Bimini, they think of all these other islands. But there's so many other islands. And then also going into the other, you know, like the Hades, the Jamaicas, the Barbados, the Grenadas, the Trinidad, Tobago's, and it's like when you're a first generation, like your family came from Trini you know, Trinidad, or they came from Guyana, or they came from wherever in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Antigua, and South America. Anguilla. Yeah, St. Kitts, the Virgin Islands, like all of that. And they come from that, and then now you're introduced as a young kid, because now you're getting laughed at because you're wearing Elisa's, and everybody's wearing Air Maxes and Jordans, or you're wearing Bobo's, or you're wearing church shoes, because, you know, your family literally came off the boat, and now you're introduced to, like, all right, there's this kid that's wearing, riding around in a Maserati, or they're riding around in a in a in a ban- on a banshee bike through their neighborhood, and they got all the newest shit on, and it's like, damn, I gotta go get that because now I'm starting to go through puberty. I'm starting to like girls, or I'm starting to like you know girls liking boys or whatever it is, and now that's what everybody's wearing. Everybody's wearing the Levi's, the starch Levi's, and they're wearing the the the, the Tommy Hilfiger, the Nautica shirt, the polo shirt, the you know, the, the girls wearing Moschino, shit like that. Like, that's that's the wave. And you have to either get, get on or get missing. And then that just fucks your mind up because these kids are now, like, going after, chasing after that instead of saying, like, I'm, I'm going to go work hard. I'm going to go work at this this Publix warehouse. I'm going to go work at this Coca-Cola, this Coca-Cola factory and get my driver, you know, get my, my CDL and shit like that. Mm-hmm. They want to go out there and stunt. They want the fast money. They see the scammers out there. They see the the dope boys. They see the hoes. They see, I mean, real bona fide hoes, not the fake ones. It's my real deal. They out here. And they see that fast money, and that's what they want. These girls want to be escorts before they even go to college. It's crazy out here. Like, I'm going to be real with you. Like, it's a lot of cats. And I learned this from one of my homies I went to school with. Not going to name him, but his whole family comes from longshoremen. Mm-hmm. If you know anything about yeah, those boats, they on the boats. Yeah, and yo, I'm talking about like three generations. His son is a longshoreman. My homie's a longshoreman. His dad was a longshoreman, and it's just like people don't realize how much money the longshoremen make. Oh, they make because they're union. Stupid money. They gonna stupid eat stupid money. Yeah, like my, my other homie, his dad worked in the rail yard. He worked on the rail yard. His younger brother works on the rail yard. They all work on the rail yard and it's just stupid money they all own houses they all riding brand new chargers brand new, i'm talking about like hellcat chargers and this is just from working blue collar 
mm-hmm. and people don't see that because they look at the rappers. Everybody want to be a rapper, and then what ends up happening is you got motherfuckers that's doing it for the money. They're not doing it for the love of hip hop, or they failed at something else. Oh, football didn't work out. I'm gonna go rap. Oh, the the, the, the dope boy shit didn't work out. I'm gonna go rap. Oh, the um whatever else I'm doing didn't work out. I dropped out of college because I just didn't want to go to college no more, and I just wanted to rap. They don't really have like a love for it, mm-hmm. or you know, like the girls, the girls see Trino or they see city girls and shout out to them, but they're not doing it for real reasons. Right. They're not doing it because like, I, I, I love, I love rapping. Like there's they, nothing they, with they, their soul in it. Yeah. It's just more of like a money ploy. Mm-hmm. So, so we got a lot of that shit here and it's just like, that needs to stop. Like there's nothing wrong with, even if you are doing your music dream or your sports dream or your dancer dream, uh, or whatever it is, business. You have a business. Sometimes you, you have to go work. You have to find some kind of people don't want to hear plan B. They're like, well, my plan, my plan B is plan A. And I'm like, all right, that's just going to catch up to you. Then you realize, okay, I just turned 25. And 25 turns to 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. Then you're getting 35. Then you're getting 40. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing? And you're still trying to, like, scam girls. Oh, I'm going to stay with this chick. Or I'm going to go, you know, like, my homie's going to always take care of me and look out for me when it comes to, like, clothes and weed and food and shit like that. Or my parents, your parents not always be around. Your homie's not always going to be around. That girl may or may not be around. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there's a lot of variables and factors that people overlook, and they just kind of just go through the motions. And then shit catches up with them. Like, you can't just... Oh, I'm gonna just go run up this credit card and go buy a bunch of clothes and not use the money for something that's gonna make you more money. Is buy a car, which is an appreciating asset. And I'm trying to buy a house, or they're trying to get like a business, or you know, they just buying a bunch of clothes and shoes, getting a bunch of wigs. I think with with us in Columbus, like your passions can make you money, but you're not making something your passion because it's gonna make you money. And I think that allows us mm-hmm. when you ha- when you like like if you work a job at Amazon and you're making even though it's hard we have two Amazon warehouses here so if you're making eighteen dollars you can live nice in Columbus at least comfortable as long as you don't have a bunch of kids making eighteen bucks an hour you yeah. you really fucking can that's thirty seven thirty eight thousand dollars a year you can live okay and be good making eighteen dollars an hour as long as you don't have any fucking major drug habits. And so with that, that allows you money to have the um, mindset of, yo, I want to find something that is my passion. Mm. You can make money off the things that you love. And I think that is the important part about being in a place like that's where I that's where I wanted. I was like, yo. Orlando's might be expensive, but like I see a lot of motherfuckers doing shit that they absolutely enjoy. You know what I'm saying? And I think with a lot of people, they can't. I think they feel like they have to be stuck in this situation to where they have everything, every move they have to make has to make them money. Sometimes you got to have healthy hobbies. Mm-hmm. Like you got to have interests. 
like it's it's crazy because like I'm I'm this is kind of controversial of me to say, mm-hmm. but um I don't date a lot of women from South Florida anymore. Um, especially Broward. I'm gonna just say that. Fuck that. I don't date women from Broward. Dade County, Palm Beach, I could probably still give a chance to, but um Broward never it never happened. So and I just always got a bad vibe. Like I don't deal with girls that try to like proposition me first quarter and they're not that hot. Mm-hmm. So, so um but yeah just like there's no depth when you deal with a lot of these women like you know when it comes to like reading books you ask them like oh what kind of books you read or what kind of interest do you have and a lot of it has to deal with like oh reading gossip blogs and you know watching the same movies and tv shows that everybody else watches yeah um there's no real soul to lot- it yeah, a lot of the, a lot of their a lot of their friendships are very surface level. A lot of their dating preferences are very surface level. And even if you do find the ones that are kind of like in depth, they kind of like pigeonhole you. Mm-hmm. So it's like you could be this like I could be this dude from the hood, but I watch anime too. But when I say I watch anime, it's not necessarily the same anime that everybody else is watching. I'm watching gory shit. I'm watching like Gogo Thirteen and Dem- Demon City Shinjuku and shit like that. I'm watching shit that like I don't want to watch a cartoon. Yeah, it's from Japan, but I don't want to watch like the Bugs Bunny version of you know the Japanese Bugs Bunny. I want to watch shit where people's heads are flying off and sex is happening. You know what I mean? Like I'm watching, you know what I mean? Like Hitman shit. Like I'm like Gogo Thirteen is my favorite shit. But then when you talk to a girl, she's like, well, you know, like I like Naruto or Dragon Ball Z. Like what? Well, not even that. It's just the fact of like she could like anime too. But then it's like, all right, well, there's a disconnect because she's into like death metal. But you're into hip hop, and you can kind of respect that. Like you're in a, like you're not in the death metal, but you respect it. But then it's like, all right, well, you know, just a lot of there's a lot of disconnects, and these are like black women. It's not even like, well, she's white or Latina, nothing like that. It's like black women that are in this shit, and they're not really into you because you're not, you know, they've been programmed a certain way. You know what I mean? Like they might be from from Parkland, and you're from Pompano. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just like. You try to make it work, but it's also that disconnect and shit like that, man. But it's 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 hard, man. Just dating or just even trying to make friends in some some cases. Like, um, what you know, we have this interest of professional wrestling. We do. That is something and, that we share. Yeah, and I will say, even for all the bullshit that I talk about, like I, I mean, the bullshit I've dealt with and things that I talk about, I talk a lot of shit about wrestling fans mm-hmm. and people in wrestling in general, and these are my experiences, mm-hmm. but you do meet some very genuine people in going to these wrestling shows. When I say wrestling shows, I don't necessarily mean WWE. No, you're, you're very much tied in to the culture of professional wrestling. Like, that's one yeah. of the things that I really respect about you because you do uh, run with a lot of niggas who are doing independent shit. I see you share, like, we're in the same uh, wrestlers group, and you 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 provide content into that. And so it gives me a big peek into you being a fan. Like, you'll check out a Ring of Honor show just like you'll check out an AEW show. Also, shouts to uh, rest, uh, God Bless the Dead, uh, Brody Lee, uh, John Huber. Yeah. He passed away. Yes. Uh, young yep. man, I, I, you know, just wanted to say that too. But like, you are very much in the culture, and because I know you, that allows me to have that peek into the culture of professional wrestling. Like, we became friends and everything, and like, you would share stuff about New Japan, and that got me hip to it. And so, like, what? And I've said this: like, one of my favorite wrestlers, I think somebody who's immensely talented, 
is Kenny Omega. T- Kenny Omega is going to is in my top five flat out. Like my top five of wrestlers that I love to watch is number one Jeff Hardy. Um, okay. Number two, uh, uh, Bret Hart, Stone Cold, Kenny Omega, and uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. And okay, like in my six and seven is as much as I didn't like him in TNA because I didn't like I didn't respect TNA as much, uh, but is um fuck AJ Styles AJ Styles and after yeah. that is Prince Devitt aka Finn Balor Finn Balor yeah I think um, those guys are such what professional wrestling is like Bret Hart is a technician he is a technician and you can tell that he wrestles with a passion for the activity, the way he carries matches. Jeff Hardy, to me, is always going to be my number one, not just because of the character, because he wasn't always the strongest on the mic, but Jeff was doing stuff where he put his body on the line so much. Like, the Hardy Boys was the tag team division and everything they did in the Attitude Era. And we both are old enough to remember the Attitude Era. And what it yeah. meant to the culture of professional wrestling, and even just sports and entertainment, be it football, be it basketball, and anything, because bro, you watched that tables ladder, that ladder match, and it ended up being a TLC match. Like Jeff, he's not the, he's not going to do things that uh, Daniel Bryan does, or not going to do things that a Kurt Henning would does, or that a Bob Backlund would do. But he's doing shit that these motherfuckers aren't doing. Like, if he's jumping yeah. off a 50-foot uh, platform, he's doing that intentionally. Mick Foley got thrown off. Jeff's jumping. Yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy. Like, um, it's, it, it influences a lot. Like, um, like, one of the things is, like, my favorite wrestler is – he's not a conventional name, but a lot of the real wrestling heads know who he is. My favorite wrestler of all time is the Great Muda, mm. which – was, that's where I got the name from, the Muda scale, mm-hmm. which is, you know, that's like, you know, the most bloodiest match, if you look it up, is Muda versus Hiroshi Hase. Okay. Um, and, and the great Muda influenced a lot of wrestlers. He influenced Tajiri. He influenced somewhat Nakamura. Um, he's royalty when it comes to New Japan, All Japan, just Japanese wrestling in general, and even wrestling, the NWA world champion. He's fought Ric Flair. He's fought Hulk Hogan. He's fought like whatever names you could think of, the Road Warriors, um, just a, a lot of guys, and he's you know he's a badass wrestler, um, and, and and a lot of the wrestling that I watch is not the most conventional wrestling. Like I watch a lot of hardcore shit. I watch like Combat Zone wrestling. I watch um, Ring of Honor, you know, PW, P- P- yeah, P- Ring of Honor, um, PWG. Mm-hmm. I watch. Um, I, used, I you know back in the day I used to get like tapes from cats. I used to watch like shit like NWA Wildside, which is from Georgia. Mm-hmm. That's where AJ Styles got to start from. Yep. Um, I used to watch all kind of stuff. Like I was a big NWA head. ECW was my big shit. Like I loved ECW mm-hmm. because it was just like so far out of the realm of I'm I, you know as a kid you're watching like dudes like Doink the Clown and fucking Crush and shit. Like you're watching the New Generation dudes, like, era. Mar- yeah, these larger-than-life cartoon characters. But then, you know, like, when you're 13, 14, and you stay up on a Saturday night, 2 o'clock in the morning, you watch a guy named Tommy Dreamer, a pile-driver girl, on TV. Or you watch, like, the Eliminators, like, have a crazy match with Sabu and Rob Van Dam. 
it just changes your whole mindset. Like, whoa, this is in your mind. You think it's real because you're seeing guys really get hit with chairs, get set on fire. Right. And you, you know, you're seeing like Terry Funk. You see Ray Dory Funk. You see, yeah, you see all these guys, like all these guys and girls, Rhino, the Sandman smoking a cigarette on their way to the ring, drinking a beer. New Jack. In the head with a cane. You're watching New Jack and the, the gangsters in general because, like, you're not watching these, like, dudes that are just, like, these black guys that are just, like, oh, this guy's a jobber or this guy's, like, the, the, the typical smiling, cheesy black dude. Nah, you're watching somebody who looks like your uncle. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, somebody who looks like your homeboys, your older homies, where he's got a bald head, he's wearing all black, got a bandana over his head or over his face. And he's hitting dudes over the head with chairs. He doesn't give a fuck about like titles. He's just there for violence. They're there yeah. for violence. The gangsters are there for violence. The eliminators. They too violence. At, like, yeah, you're looking at um, the, you know they had funny shit like the full blooded Italians where you got like the black dude and the fat guy and the little guy and the you know the redneck who's the the, the Italian. You know you got like Tracy Smothers and you got Lil Guido and you got. Big Sal, and you got JT Smith, and you got you know it's just like it's a mix, but it's it's funny, you know, um, all these things. The Dudley Boys, you know, you got the the the, the tall tall one, and you got the fat one, you got the black one, like Dudley Brothers. That's the shit. The shit it makes no sense, but it makes sense when you watch them wrestle. Yeah, you get what I'm saying? Like, like I was, you know, like, and there's so many parallels to. I want to say not just hip hop, but like music in general, like rock music to wrestling. It's a show, bro. Like for me, the Attitude Era in new metal was just so because that's my favorite. Like if I was ever going to create a rock album, it would be a new metal album because the Corns, the Limp Biscuits, the Orgies, the Rob Zombies, like the Static X's, all these bands that had rap elements into it, and coming from hip hop and having bands that embrace hip hop was important and then you have like with wrestling like the rock you have nation of domination like in the early part of the monday night wars which i still think is the wrestling wasn't like the actual technical wrestling wasn't the greatest like no one's gonna ever say that stone cold was a like he and he had missed like he had like five or six moves and that's what he ran with but the personas bro like the personas were larger than life. And I think, and I brought that to my music, it's just like, and even because I started out as a club MC, so everything has to be big. Every action you make has to be big. I, yeah. I'm not a, like, for me, when I'm on stage, like, I'm not a, I'm not trying to look cool. I'm trying to look like a fucking riot. Because that's, like, I love Travis Scott shows more than I like Jay-Z shows. Because Jay is cool. Jay wants to look cool. Like, so many rappers want to look cool. Drake wants to look cool. Lil Wayne wants to look cool. All these guys want to look cool. You're already cool. Like, let loose. Like, I went, before I moved to uh, Orlando, I went to a Travis Scott show here in Columbus. And there were seats. And then, like, the setup, like, there's a roller coaster up on in the sky and everything. But in the middle is a big-ass mosh pit. And you don't see that at hip-hop shows. You see that at punk shows. You see that at metal shows. It's just, like, the energy creation. And that's what I've always I, I, tried to bring. I, I'll, say, I'll say this, though. Um, I always go to this guy's shows, and the, the energy is a lot different than what you're saying. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Tech Nine. I love I that. Tech Nine shows. Tech Nine shows are like, and I and and, and I get into, I don't want to say oh debates. I'll say debates. Mm-hmm. I get into debates with people, and I say like Tech Nine. I don't know if you want to categorize categorize him as hip hop. I say he is. He is because when I go to shows, like I'm there. E40's there. Kendrick Lamar's there. Facts. Um, J Rock's there. Like there's there's rappers there. Glasses Malone is at the show. So people it's like respect Tech. Yeah, and he has the best live show out of anybody. He, the only person I could say probably is close to him maybe is Buster Rhymes, but I've never seen Buster live. Mm. So. Off of my my criteria, Tech Nine has the best live show. Okay, that's not me. that's not bad. That's not a bad comparison. You know, um, and like I mean, of course, there's probably like other people who have like great that have great live shows. I'm talking about like everything. I'm talking about from yeah. the lighting to the dancing to the to the you know the, the the spiked hair or the painted face. You know the the um the, the outfits. The, you know what I'm saying? The, mm-hmm. How the hype man is, you know, him and Chris Calico or him and Cut Calhoun or him and whoever else is on Strange Music that's on stage with them. Their their energy, like, it's not like every anybody's off. It's all synchronicity. Mm-hmm. Everything's synchronized. It's, it's, um, it goes well. It all goes well. And that's the whole thing about, like, having a stage presence in whatever genre that you do music in. Like, some people... Are just going through the motions. While others, others know how to put on a real show. They either whether they're screaming, they might stage dive, they might throw T-shirts, they might throw water, they might throw the microphone. Whatever it is they're doing, they're making it a big show. There's crowd interaction, whether it's a girl flashing or they might bring an old lady on stage to like rap the lyrics or. You know, like I watched the video. I don't know if you ever watched the video, but it's a very popular video of Zero mm-hmm. from Houston. Yeah, yeah, I heard and the most city dawn, the most city dawn freestyle. I don't know what happened during the show. I don't know if the music went out or they just basically said, Fuck it, we're not gonna play any music. And everybody word for word, I'm talking about from the first bar to the last bar, said every single line from that song without Zero saying a fucking word. And that's how you know you got something. People try to do the shit like that, like where like, oh yeah, I got some fans. I got some real fans. But this shit was like damn near like cult like. Mm-hmm. It was like it was like church. And to me, like I'm not the most religious dude, but zero to me is like the closest thing to like a church gospel rapper. You feel what I'm saying? I but feel that. That was like that was the experience to like watch on video. If you could ever look it up on YouTube, it's the most city Don freestyle zero live. And um, it was just, it was just insanity. And that's what we need more of just in any genre. Like we need to have more people who can put passion into what they're doing instead of just like, all right, well, I'm just here to collect a check or I'm just here to look cool. Like you said, or whatever, like they're just not, they don't love it. They don't love it for real. They don't love even the wrestling industry, the wrestling business. Um, I've been to shows where people try to like draw a reaction out of people or they try to get heat from people. Mm-hmm. You know, they try to get, um, you know, whether they're a good guy or a bad guy or a good girl, bad girl, whatever it is. And the, the, the crowd's not feeling it. And people think that the crowd is a problem, but really it's you as the performer. But when the crowd really feels it, it's like when, when, um, how can I, who's a guy? 
Like when I watched Sammy Callahan live, mm-hmm. Sammy Callahan had a real reaction. He gets a real reaction from people because he knows how to draw heat or he knows how to be a good guy. You know, you have guys like Johnny Gargano. Yeah. Or um or um what's the what's the girl's name? Um Jessica Havoc. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, we're talking about on an indie level. We're not talking about like your top of the tops, like your Undertakers, your your Roman Reigns, your AJ Styles. I'm talking about just from an independent wrestling level at that time. You know, obviously Sammy is an impact, Johnny's in NXT, you know, Jessica Havoc's doing her thing. There's but do you have you have these wrestlers that can draw a reaction from a small group of people and got them doing things that that just make somebody's day. Those are people who sell merchandise. They're the ones that sell tickets. They're the ones that get people to buy the internet pay-per-view or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's a lot, it's a lot that goes into just being a live performer that some people don't respect. And I, I kind of get, you know, I have my rants on Twitter about this shit. And and um, I feel like it's disrespectful to just be like, well, you know, um, you're just a performer. You're just a one trick pony. You don't know things. You don't you shouldn't know about politics or know about finance or know about anything. You're just a guy who holds a mic or you're just a guy who throws a ball or holds a camera. or You're just a girl who or a woman who just does this thing, runs track or plays tennis. And I think that's like you're minimizing people. You're kind of putting your pitching, holding them as something you know when they're they're a lot more if they stop doing this one thing a lot of these people will be all right i think it is i think it's if people want to connect with you i think with jeff like for me it's like in stone cold's like their characters people connected with like i watched the uh survivor series undertaker and i and then i watched the um the interview we had the like the second interview we had with stone cold and like just seeing them react and just like finding out that Undertaker and the Godfather were that close of friends to where like he would get drunk and then give him his Rolex every night that he got drunk and then the Godfather would give it back. Like that made me really respect him more because the entity that is the Undertaker, you're not really known in. Like I like the Dead Man Inc. I like the biker Undertaker. You know what I'm saying? It was at mm. the end of the um it was at the end of the attitude era going into ruthless aggression. But I like that character. Like the Undertaker is one of the greatest characters ever. Ever in long standing. Like K or not like even in this K breaking area where everyone has fucking Twitters, like Alexa Bliss, like Lexi Kaufman is not Alexa Bliss. Yeah. She's from like she's from Hilliard, which is one of the out west suburbs, but like she, she's dope. I like her. But like, and I get the, like, her character is a girl from Hilliard. Deadass. Every time I see her, like, her whole bully, mean girl thing, that's a lot of Hilliard girls because... So, so, so kind of like going into that, I guess we're segueing into, like, Alexa Bliss and Columbus and shit, or Hilliard. Mm-hmm. Um, when she first got on the scene, like, when she first hit NXT, she had, like, the little, like, snow pixie cheerleader thing going that's on. That's her. That is and I literally wasn't really feeling it at first. I wasn't feeling it. I thought the shit was really dry. Bro, that is like, that is every upper middle class white girl in Columbus with some monicum of attraction. Everyone. Yeah, I wasn't really digging it at first, right? So I was like, all right. Then she started kind of getting a little bit better at wrestling. Yeah. Slowly but surely. 
And then what really made me like her was when she heel turned and she was with the tag team. Mm-hmm. Um, damn, what the fuck? Murphy and whatever. I forgot the other guy's name. I'm losing my mind right now. But yeah, like when she was managing them, I was like, okay, I see some potential there. And then she became the top, one of the top women in, in the company. And yeah. now the shit that she's doing with Bray Wyatt, it's like this shit is genius. Bro, like, I'm fucking with it. I like that. This is one dude, Adam. Um, this dude, Adam. Um, he was in cultaholic. You know, like what culture, Weston? Then he got fired four years ago. He did a whole thing to where he said uh, Alexa Bliss should be Sister Abigail, or like the like he planned this whole storyline, and it's dope. Like mm. I really thought. I think the the sis. I think Alexa Bliss being in her situation with Bray works so much better when Bray had a staple. I think her, Luke, Luke, uh, yeah, Luke, um, Harper, rest in peace, obviously John Huber played, Eric Rowan, and then Bray. I think uh, Bray Wyatt, I think if those four dudes would have stuck with a staple and you bring in Alexa Bliss, they would have sold out so many fucking shows. Do it right. Give Eric Rowan and Luke uh, Luke Harper the tag. Give, um, what's his name? Give Bray Wyatt the Intercontinental or the U.S. Give Alexa a one of the women's championships, and then give uh, Bray. Um, shit. Yeah, not Bray Wyatt. Braun. I'm thinking Braun Strowman. Give Braun Braun Strowman the Intercontinental or U.S. and give Bray the heavyweight or the world title. That staple would have been, and I don't hate to say this, icon. It have been culture shifting. It would have been. It would have been. It, it, it so would have been, been kind of like similar to, um, like a bigger. It would have been a bigger version of like a Ravens flock or DX or or um, what's the other one I'm trying to think of? Right um, to censor. No, 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 no. Um, the Straight Edge Society. Boom. With CM Punk. Yeah. It would have been a bigger, like bigger. It would have been on that same kind of level, but like. Bigger than that, if you would, it bro, it would have been amazing because you have people who were great on the mic. Like Bray Wyatt is a great talker. Alexa Bliss is a great talker. Braun Strowman is a great talker. As minimal as he is, like he's a really good character, and I think that's what hell holds a lot of people back because they're not they're not great at being a guy. Like Braun Strowman, he's literally a monster amongst men. That is a fucking giant. Like. Him losing to Brock Lesnar lets you know that wrestling is is predetermined because there is no way on God's green earth Braun Strowman six eight ass is losing any fight to fucking um <laughs> to anybody. But they gotta they gotta make it they gotta make it look a certain way because Brock is not only a monster himself but he's also an MMA fighter so it kind of has to make it look like legitimate quote unquote. And I'm not saying that he can't. He doesn't have a chance, mm-hmm. but they got to make it look a certain way because of his legitimate background mm-hmm. that he's just running through people. But then don't you have know, him get like, fucking squashed by Seth Rollins. You know, like we could we could talk yeah. about like <laughs> the booking of wrestling, especially like or sports entertainment. Mm-hmm. We could talk about this shit all night, but it just some of it's gonna make sense and a lot of it's not. Um, but um. Let's talk about this one thing about wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to the discussion we had about like New Jack and mm-hmm. black wrestlers. 
um, when you were growing up, like, and I, we have, I have this discussion a little bit online. I kind of somewhat disagree. I get like representation mm-hmm. in wrestling. Like you do kind of feel proud. Like, Oh, when Ron Simmons won the WCW title, great. Day. And the kid like lost his fucking mind on, um, you can see it on TV. Like the one black kid lost his mind when Ron Simmons pinned Vader for the world title. And um, Vader was cool with that. Vader was super fine Vader with cool. Like Ron cool with didn't it, even know he was going over. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it representation does matter to an extent, but then I also have this because I've worked with like black people in wrestling, mm-hmm. and it's also like the re- the music industry where black people will fuck you over too. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like representation does matter, but who's really represent? You have to have the right representation on all fronts. Mm-hmm. It can't just be like, all right, well, this guy is gay and you're cool with it, but he's also a scumbag. Right. And he's doing the same shit that the other people are doing to you. It's like, that doesn't really work. You know, or you got a woman who's running the game, but she's, she's an doing asshole. all the same shit, not not paying people, you know, doing real, you know, like real underhanded deals, mm-hmm. um, you know, putting you out in unsafe environments, whatever the case is. Like, like you know, when the whole speaking out thing happened, there was a lot of women and a lot of gay people and a lot of uh, everything. Mm-hmm. That were with Bill DeMott. A lot of, um, I, I think he was one of the names. I don't remember. Okay. It was so many names, like guys, girls, all kind of shit. Like it was a lot of people that were like complicit in a lot of these sexual assaults. A lot of I remember you talking some about that. Um, uh, just harassment, all kind of shit, man. Just like nepotism, everything that was going on even some of the stuff that's happened here in south florida which is why i don't really want to work with a lot of the people down here still and i'm saying that on the record Mm -hmm. um but yeah like representation should matter but you got to have the right people representing you got to have people who have some kind of like moral code some type of principles some people who have standards like it can't just be like all right well this this girl is really talented but She's also like, you know, sleeping with dudes. Oh, uh, he's sleeping with girls, girls' husbands, and fucking the promoter, and you know, just doing real scurvy shit to kind of like get her name hot. Or you got this dude or this tag team that's like playing politics and keeping, you know, a certain group of people down, or just, you know, just stealing money and doing, you know, saying burning buildings. When I say burning buildings, I mean like they'll run a show and they'll fuck the building up, you know. They'll steal from the building. They'll trash the building, and they won't want to work then, with them again. And then no one wants to. Then, then when when someone else wants to come and use the building and do wrestling, now no one, now no one can use the building because, and that's probably one of the few buildings that you could probably even use in that city or county or whatever. Mm-hmm. People do that, and it's just like you got to do the right things, like running your business in a proper way. It is still a business. Facts. People see wrestling, they think like, oh, it's fun. We could, we know, we kick it. We have after parties, and you know, there's a lot of hype guys and girls. Whatever it is in your mindset, they don't look at it as work, but you still got to work. Facts. You still have to have proper business. You still have to have proper security measures. You still have to have proper health measures, especially now. Facts. When we start running back shows, you got to have EMTs there. You got to have, you know, a certain code of conduct you know, fan conduct policies. Like, you can't just have, you know, the fans touching on the girls when it comes to taking pictures, you know, 
at the merch table. Right. Or you can't just say whatever you want. You can't just go touch the fans if they, you know, sometimes the fans are saying certain things and you can't touch them. Yeah, you got to realize you know, my, it's part of the job. Like, it's entertainment, bro. Like, you got to be a part of that. Yeah, there's certain boundaries you cannot cross. And I think that, you know, with 2021 coming and a lot of the, you know, a lot of stuff is being reset when it comes to, you know, running shows and things like that. I think it will get better, but I also don't really have faith in the guys and girls policing themselves, if that makes any sense. I, I You know what it, it does? I, I, I get what you're saying. I'm saying that I think with a lot, especially a lot of local shows, you see, and I think with a lot of it, like so many people want to run off past glory. Like fame is one of the most addictive drugs in the world because yeah. once you get that, you never want to let go of that. You never, and so I think it's funny. You see, like, like I used to follow Virgil on uh, Instagram, yeah. but I'm like, bro, this nigga is lame. Like, it's like he's probably, and he wasn't even that great a wrestler, but just like he had that monicum of success, but just like. He started claiming Austin Creed as his not Austin Creed, but yeah, but like, um, yeah, Austin Creed, like as his son and everything. I was like, bro, what are you doing? Like, you see a lot of wave riding, and my biggest thing with rest is like, I do not like black uh, entertainers just being seen as like the crime guys. Like, I hated Crime Time. Like, I don't like. I I hate Cooney. I love New Day because I feel like they control their own narrative. Like. It never comes off as coon shit. So when Kofi won, when Kofi got put over, and it shouts to Daniel Bryan for putting him over, because I know he probably didn't have to, but I think Daniel respects Kofi and respects the grind. I think Daniel comes from that that Ring of Honor ilk. You know what I'm saying? To where, like, he respects the craft, and you know that Kofi's good at the craft. Like, when Kofi won, I'm I'm sitting in uh, Winter Park, Florida, and everybody, and when I say everybody cheered, bro, everybody fucking cheered. Like, you saw it. Like, Kofi winning was uniting. And I hated that he had to lose it in a squash match on free TV to Brock Lesnar. Like, bro, he deserved yeah, at least lose it at a, at a fucking big four. Yeah, man. It's, it, it, you know, like, um, yeah, like the whole Virgil thing, like he was talking about. Um, being around just in, in entertainment in general, whether it's wrestling, whether it's music, whether it's sports, whatever it is, um, like meeting your heroes. Like, I think that's the thing about Twitter too. Like you see it day by day, minute by minute. Um, but like when you actually meet your heroes, whatever they are, whether it's your rap hero, your wrestling hero, your sports hero, and then you kind of like start really getting in depth and start talking with them or being around them. You'll re- not all of them, but you'll realize, like, damn, I might really be cooler than this guy. Yeah. Like, and it's kind of like a real sobering thought because, like, you were, you know, a lot of people were real, like, starstruck to meet, you know, they call it marking out in wrestling or whatever it is. But then, like, I'm glad, like, I got around entertainers at a real early age. Like, when I was 19, I started doing, working in video production mm-hmm. in sports. So, you know, I would see um, all these basketball players and then sitting courtside, you would see all of these celebrities, these these um, people in bands, 
yeah, these producers, these you know, these these high profile people that were always on television, and you realize, okay, this guy's cool. This girl, she's you know, she's she's got her shit going on, and it's together, and her family's really nice. But then you start realizing some of these other people, you're like, dog, this person's a goofball, and not in a good way. Yeah, this person's a duck, like. You know, like they put on the persona of being tough and being cool and being macho or being this like baddie, and then you see them without makeup or you see them without their gear, their chains, their their jacket, whatever mm-hmm. it is that defines them. And it's just like, or you start hanging around them, like you go to an after party, you see how they talk to women, and you're like, bro, this dude is, this is this dude's a dick. Like, why would I want to be a like? Why was I a fan of this guy? Yeah, and it's just like shit like that, dog. Like, or this person really moves like a real piece of shit. And it's like the shit that they they get away with doing. This might end up getting me fucked up, getting punched by like my older homies would punch me in my shit if I did what this guy did. And I thought this guy was cool, you know what I'm saying? Or I would probably would have got killed, or you know whatever, robbed, whatever it is. The things that they condone. The wrestling business, or whatever, or even in the rap industry, a lot of the shit that these dudes do or these girls do would get them excommunicated, fucked up, whatever. And this is like you gotta. It, it that's the thing I kind of tell like the younger people, like when you see these guys or these girls on TV in these 4K music videos, renting cars in Airbnbs or mansions or whatever, whether they own them or rent them or whatever. Dog, that when those when that red camera light goes off, it be some other shit going on. It's some other shit really going on, dog. And you start to see people for what they really are, dog. I literally watched or read an article of a rapper. I won't name him because it's a pending case. But this dude and his friends apparently robbed some lady. And and uh this dude, like, it was a couple, they robbed him and all kind of other shit that was like real fucked up that they did to this couple to try to get like 20 30 bands out of them. bro that's just foul you know i think but i and think it like, comes from that like that desire to fucking stunt like and i, I don't think we I, I i don't come from that so it's like yeah obviously like you want the trappings of success but i think a lot of it is like i don't make a lot of moves off of pure money like but with like the songs I did, the songs I made and everything, I wanted my boy to have all the fucking credit for that. I just want to make the art. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm I'm about the art because where I'm from, the art is what fucking matters. Like in Columbus, we have scenes. We have a hip hop scene. We have a, a EDM house scene and stuff. And being there at its onset, I have an appreciation for just people who are fucking talented. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so. It's all about, are you good at the art? We stunt with the things that we're good at. Like, and I, and for me, it's like coming from a place where, like in Pickerton, where I grew up, most everybody had money. We're all very nouveau riche, very much new money, but most people had money. So there was no, oh, this is the rich kid in school. So they, they're automatically popular because their parents have the most money. Nigga, everybody's parents have fucking money. So it's just like how you treated people was the best. Like if you did, even if you didn't wear the the like Gucci or, you know, Prada or everything, it didn't fucking matter. Who are you as a person? 
having the most money did not mean anything to us because a lot of those, like, you were still, if you were a piece of shit and your parents are rich, all right, cool, you're a piece of shit and your parents are rich. We still don't fuck with your bitch ass. Like, that's kind of just how yeah. we roll. Yeah, and, it, it, you know, like, your character carries you far. But, you know, the thing is, like, in wrestling, your character can be a whole lot of made-up shit. Right. So, like, even if you're addicted to somebody, it's like people just kind of, like, write that off as, like, oh, you're being healed. Mm-hmm. But then, no, this person really is a dick. Right. Yeah, they're trying to, like, yeah, they may try to, like, I guess sell, like, they're living the gimmick or they just don't care. But it, the shit does matter when you do have to, like... You, you do need people. You can't just do everything yourself. You can't just go, like, when, when your talent is gone and you're broken down and old, you can't just go use the next person and work people. You can't just work everybody. Because at some point, some people are going to just leave you where the fuck you're at. Facts. Or if somebody, if you, while you're working them, they're probably working you. So, like, you're probably collecting a Social Security check or you got your pension or you got your whatever money. And they're just like, all right, well, I'm going to get close to this motherfucker because they got some kind of fame. And I'm going to go use this person for their connections. Shit like that. So it's like you got to, when, when you treat people with respect and kindness and and you see potential in people, sometimes people, you don't, they don't see the potential in themselves, but you see it in them. And you got to kind of like bring that out of them because you can't do it all for them. You just got to bring it out of them. Yeah. You got you to gotta bring that, that, um, that inner that inner superstar, that inner success story, whatever, out of them in some way, you know, because it's all, everything is within you, you know, like, um, there was a movie that I watched back in the day called Kumare, Mm -hmm. and it was about this, like, guru, like this, um, like, Hindi guru dude, and everybody, and he was kind of like, but he was a fake, he was like, um, like a scammer, kind of like a scammer, but not like a scammer, where he was taking money from everybody. He was just kind of like... Jackson people. Per- yeah, he was like a fake persona, but he was, you know, doing co- comedy shit. So it was almost kind of like a Borat kind of situation, like a Sasha Baron Cohen mm-hmm. kind of guy. But he was this Hindi Indian guru guy that was from New Jersey. And he, you know, he put on the, the shaman look and would do all this funny shit, but he was bringing out... But these people re- had real-life problems, though. Mm-hmm. Real-life, you know, probably like anxiety issues or confidence issues probably had um from what i remember like weight issues and he would do like little funny shit but it was also like shit that actually like oh yeah you know you changed my life kumare da 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 they would do these testimonials and then like at the end he basically like got them all in the room or something like that and said well i'm not a real guru but the you know the gifts that that i brought out were already inside of you you didn't need me necessarily it was just something that like I was just around like a catalyst. Yeah. A conduit of a sort. A conduit. Yeah. So um that's that's a deep thing. Like people don't realize like they have these gifts and then but thing is you have people, it's like these hindrances and these 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 people in your way to stop you from har- harnessing whatever that is inside of you. It is. I think it's a I think it's a situation to where a lot of people just don't trust their own um, their own dopeness. You know, sometimes you gotta have faith in yeah. your own dopeness. And I think that's hard if you're around people who aren't trying to be dope as well. Like, for me, it's like, you see me post this every time. Like, in my family, everybody eats. And I live by that. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I try yeah. to lift up my niggas as much as possible. Like, the biggest joke is that my homeboy Matt, when I was in Florida, he's like, he can tell when I'm drunk because I'm super fucking congratulatory. Like, I shout out my niggas and big them up because without the people I, I care about and I'm connected to, I am nothing. You know what I'm saying? And I've, I've said, I've shouted you out, I've shouted Kyle out. Like, I, I like giving credit to my homeboys. Like, the biggest thing, if someone came to me and was like, look, you can have $100 million or 20 of your friends can have $2 million and you have 500000 Bro, I'll take that. You want to know why? Because I'm surrounded by, I, sur- I try to surround myself with niggas that I know that are going to put the people that they care about in positions to win. If I'm eating and all my homeboys is eating, I'm happy. I'm straight, like, with what I want to do. That's some real shit. You know what I'm saying? That's some real shit. Because, like, um, out here, it's like people kind of, like, play these, like, loose alliances. But it's really, like, battle royal out here. It really is, like, every man or woman for themselves. People play real close to you. I've had it happen to us. Um, and, you know, other homies where, like, you know, we're the ones that's, like, paying for everything. We're the ones paying for people's music videos. We're the ones that's paying for people's clothes. Sometimes people's food, weed, whatever it is. And what they turn around and do is now they're, they they got their, their cat burger hands out. Oh, now things ain't moving as fast enough. Oh, I'm going to go steal something. Or I'm going to go with this other crew and go sign with them. Or, you know, play both sides like, Oh well, shit, not working out. Or I'm gonna go to this other studio, or whatever. And it's just like, there are people who would kill to be in your position. Yeah, there's not no money right now, but we could have made a hundred thousand dollars. But you're worrying about like, okay, this little three or four bands that I'm gonna go take. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like you're so short sighted as a as a person, and that's the problem I have with like a lot of these cats. And that's why I call out what I call out because, you know, they don't like hearing my truth. You know me, I have my rants on social media or whatever. I do videos and people don't like hearing it from me because maybe it's me saying it. But mm-hmm. if I was to feed lines to somebody who was popular, then they'd be like, oh yeah, that's profound. You get what I'm saying? But it's reality. It's like friendships, partnerships, all these things have to have some kind of like collective collective prosperity and motive to it. Mm-hmm. It can't just be like, alright, well, I'm a, well, I'm I'm going to act like I'm down with these people. And then when I get my bag, I'm just going to clear it. But it's like, all right, now you're not going to see any dividends. Yeah, you got your little 50 grand, 100 grand, whatever. But you didn't really. You don't invest it right. You don't do it. Like the people you you step on on the way up, you'll see on the way down. That's just guaranteed. You, like, you're, yeah, you know, my you know, my my, my motto is always this. I, I say this a lot. And. People, people's eyes get real wide when I say it. I always say the advisor lives longer than the king. Mm-hmm. So the people that you have around you or the person that you have around you, the voice of reason, the the person who has the intelligence, the know-how, you could be the one that's crowned. Whether you're the king, the queen, whatever. But there's always this person that's advising the king on how to move what to do this is the strategy you know and then if that king dies there's always gonna be another king but that advisor is gonna always be around facts you get what i'm saying and people just don't they they treat the advisor like shit and then what the advisor ends up doing is 
they either plot a mutiny or you know they just they just negligence they just allow the king to be the king and I think it is just like the advisor is usually the king maker like dynasties yes. are built and I think it's you're you want to be surrounded by people who are moving forward and that are going to be susceptible to what you're trying to teach them. Like my uncle said this because all my uncles, we all, the, all of my family, like the dope thing about this, Chris, like all of my uncles and my like my my uncle James and my uncle Mike, we all live within my parents and everything. They live within a, a half a mile radius of each other. And I remember it was I think it was my dad's birthday a couple of years ago. He was like, we all just followed the blueprint of you, Rick, Rick being my dad. It's like. My dad moved to, we moved to, from this area, from one area to another. And then within two, three years, my other uncles moved there too. Because like, and I think I learned a lot about leadership. Leadership isn't being the best. Leadership is a lot of, are you willing to sacrifice for those you care about? Are you willing to do the hard work? And even just lead by example, like, if you take the it take the L in the help people not take the L. And so that's why Christmas was just like, and I post like, yo, Christmas is dope when everybody has money. Like, because that's so relaxing. You have money doesn't buy everything. Like money won't buy you time, money won't buy you help. But if everything's good on one side, having that extra that extra uh icing on the cake is so much better. And I think it's better, like, me getting, like I said, said before, like, me getting rich is cool. My homeboys getting rich is even better. Because that, that stops a lot of, a lot of resentment. Like, oh, this nigga eating, why come I eat? How come they put me on? Yeah, it, it becomes, like, a lot of, like, competition and a lot of, like, envy. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the rappers talk about it, you know, it's like people, the proximity, mm-hmm. the, the proximity it's so close, but yet so far. So then people get hypnotized by hate. It's like, well, why, you know, it's like if I win, there are going to be people who are going to be like, well, why did Chris win? Why did Chris Alini win? I should have won over him. I, You know what I mean? It's, and they're going to start throwing out all these little, like, arbitrary reasons as to why. Oh, well, I remember when this better. nigga was doing this, 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 and this. And it's like, bro, like, that's not people evolve. Yeah. Or they, they start they start counting favors afterwards. It's like, well, you know, I did this and you know I deserve and I demand and I believe and they always throw that out. It's like they don't understand what it took for me to get there. Or maybe it was just, you know, a, a chance or a stroke of luck, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Sometimes people are lucky. People don't want to say that they were lucky, but Luck is involved in a lot of the decisions or situations that happen. Some of it you are chosen. Some of it you did work hard, and it was noted. It was noticed. You, yeah, just like how you people get employee of the month or whatever it is, or the rookie of the year or whatever whatever award it is. People are chosen for that award. They they their hard work is noticed and they see it. But you don't know what they had to go through to get that. You know what I'm saying? You don't know how much work they had to put in or what went into the process of them getting that. So that what's what's for them is for them. And I think that that comes with a lot of it comes also from the environment. If you come from an environment to where everybody has it and then you're you're not fighting for scraps, 
but you're getting your own little piece of it. That's dope. Like the Rat Pack, bro. The Rat Pack is probably one of the illest crews ever. And people, I think, from our generation and younger don't really understand and what realize what the Rat Pack was. But the Rat Pack was, um, I want to say James Lawford, uh, Dean Martin, uh, Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis, and I th- and one, one other person. Um, and there were just these niggas who was just eating. It was Frank Sinatra, obviously, like, the, they kicked it with John F. Kennedy. Like, these motherfuckers were just dudes who ate. They were the biggest stars in music. And they kicked it with Sammy Davis. Like, these motherfuckers ate. Like, Dean Martin. Like, the, if you look up the cast of the original Ocean's Eleven, you'll see the Rat Pack. Like, these dudes were just dope. And it was a situation where everybody fucking ate, and they were happy for that. Dean ate. Sammy ate. Peter Lawford, that's it. Peter Lawford ate. Frank mm. ate. And when you have that and you put people in positions like that, there's going to be very little uh, animosity. Like, I never want to be in a position to where I'm the only one eating. That just doesn't, yeah, that, it, that, it, that it, creates so, because your food. It's a pressure, it's a pressure that many don't want and a lot aren't ready for. Yeah. You you don't want that. And I think the illest like one of another crew's like did, look at the difference between G Unit and Shady Records. Look at D twelve, look at G Unit. Fifty has literally beefed with everyone who was in fucking G Unit. He's beefed with yeah, like he's saying like he wants to erase that part of his fucking history. Bro, are you serious? Like, bro, you want to erase G Unit from your fucking history? Come on, man. Even if you don't really mean it, why the fuck would you say that? But the motherfuckers who was on D in D12, you don't see them going at him. You don't see con artists dissing him. Like, you don't see bizarre dissing him. Like, rest in peace to proof. Like, these motherfuckers were legit friends. And, like, it was yeah. a situation where everybody fucking ate. Like, Dipset. Money got fucked. Like, there's never been a situation where D12 is like, oh, no, we just don't fuck with each other. Like, really, Swifty? You're not fucking with them? Why? Like, even with Bone, oh, no, we just don't fuck with each other. Like, yeah, the only other crew I can think that fucks with each other and there's never been any fallout is Star Trek. Like, Fam Lay, Pusha T, Malice, Khalees, all those yeah. people, like, they all really fucks with each other. Uh, Re-Up Gang, like Sandman, Ab Liva, uh, yeah. They all really fuck with each other. Yeah, and it's like, the, the, the interests are the interests are pretty similar, and not mm-hmm. just on a business sense, but just as a friendship. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, like some some people are related to others. That's so and so's cousin. This is so and so's brother. This is brother sister, mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. But there's always some type of dynamic of friendship. There's you know there's like a, a um, like a tree, mm-hmm. like a, you know there's like a tree of okay. This is this and this and this and this is the, these are the two people who founded this, but this person knew this guy and that that person know these brothers and shit like that. And it's just like it works a lot better when you have your group. Um, it's interesting, like going back all the way from the beginning of this conversation, how we talked about H dot, yeah, and how I I got introduced to H dot was through my boy T and me Murray, mm-hmm. um, and shouts to him. You know we. Yeah, shouts out to my boy, and you know he's he's doing this shit on the on the scene in Orlando. He's in Atlanta currently, and he's been all around the world. 
And, you know, I've known him, again, like I said, since elementary school. And we just literally got, like, reacquainted, like, two or three years ago. But he was always kind of, like, on some music and street shit. And I I was told him, I was like, listen, like, if you need somebody to, like, help out, manage, whatever you want me to do, all right, I'm down for it. Because And he listens. Like, he listens. He shoots ideas at me. I shoot ideas at him. We make shit work. And it's great. It, and it's like, it kind of works a little bit different when you grow up with somebody. Facts. As opposed to, like, all right, well, this is... You link up because of some music okay. shit or drug shit. Yeah, some music shit. Or this is, like, a, a friend of a friend. Or this is your homie's cousin, but you, he, he kind of fucks with you and y'all kind of get close, but then he does some real grimy shit, and this is like, I never had to fall out with my homie. Right. I ain't never had a falling out. Yeah, I've had falling outs with other homies or whatever, but, you know, it's just like, we have a certain goal. Like, mm-hmm. I want to see his family do well. It ain't just about just him, and it's the same thing with me. He wants to see my family do well and me do well along with it so it's always a collective thing and that's kind of different when you're you grew up with somebody or you've been in the trenches with them in some form yeah you might meet somebody in on the scene whether it's columbus or orlando or here in south florida you may meet people on the scene but is this person really gonna like like when you're thirsty is this person gonna give you a bottle of water or he's gonna laugh at you like oh bitch ass nigga look at this thirsty nigga over here like or if you if you're cold, or this person gonna give you a jacket or a shirt, or this person gonna be like, oh, nigga, get you some money, get your own shirt. Yeah, I get it. You gotta go fish, you gotta go grind and hustle, but sometimes in that moment you gotta give what you can. You gotta help who you can. You know, if if you're the producer and you got Fruity Loops on your on your um on your laptop, and this guy can rap. Maybe y'all need to get together. Maybe you need to deal with her. She could sing. She could songwrite. Or this, this, you know, this little dude that's real quiet, he might know how to do fashion. He might know how to draw up T-shirts and, you know, make his own jeans, make T-shirts, make uh, jackets, make whatever, you know, logos, all kind of different shit. And y'all just need to come together as a collective and do what y'all need to do. It should be like, all right, with well, a guy who's drawing, now y'all try to make him the rapper. Maybe he should be rapping. Facts. You need to let the rapper rap. You need to let, you know, you need to let your homegirl do the business shit. She might be smarter than everybody when it comes to business. She might have an uncle or a cousin that's a lawyer. Whatever it is. Manager. Oh, we know, oh, he got two parents that are real smart. Maybe they, they're good at, you know, coordinating certain things to where the group can all benefit from it. Mm-hmm. It's just things that people just can do together as opposed to just trying to like freelance to be any man with it because at the end of the day like bro you're gonna need people who you fucking trust in the game like i'm so sick of rappers talking about like oh i ain't trust nobody i made it up i got out the mud by myself ain't nobody with me bro there's niggas in the studio with you when you're saying that so either you don't trust these niggas and you need to clear house or you're lying like <laughs> that's why I guess like oh no I don't trust yeah. nobody like oh like oh, all I got is enemies bro you're saying that with a bunch of niggas l- listening to the fucking music like you're it's becoming a self fulfilling prophecy you you spread yourself too thin when you do everything too how the fuck are you gonna be the rapper producer the engineer yeah the producer the manager the the CEO the fucking the the the, the tour bus driver the you know you're booking your own shows like. 
like even Master P needed people. Right. Yeah, Master P did a ton of shit, but you still need people to do all those things. You still need uh you know, he had beats by the pound. He had a bunch of other artists. He had, you know, the dude Anthony Boswell who was helping P out. It was a lot of different people. It was a lot of moving parts to No Limit Records. He had his brothers that were rapping. Right. That also knew parts of the business. He needed secretary. So it wasn't yeah, he you had you had his wife was helping out at one point. Like he had a bunch of people on his team helping. It wasn't just Master P doing everything. It just looked like he was doing a lot. And people people who look at his story kind of like romanticize the him doing everything part where you realize, okay, yeah, you had Boz, yeah, you had Mia, yeah, you had Silk, yeah, you had Mystical. his wife, yeah, you, you had all these different people, beats by the pound. You had like same thing with Cash Money. You had Manny. You had Slim. You had people don't talk about Slim artists. Even with uh, uh, Rockefeller, like Dame and Jay needed bigs, and vice right. versa. There's always somebody. Some I don't want to say silent partner because there are partners. You see them. Mm-hmm. They just don't speak as much. <coughs> but They're yeah, man. Flash. man, there's a lot that goes into what we do. Man, this has been a great convo. I think we'll cut it off at this before we run out of time. Thank you so okay, much, sure. man, for jumping. We de- I definitely got to have you on again, man, because this has been dope. Um, yeah, they got to be a part two. A sequel oh, obviously. Chris, Chris Cellini, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. With me, bro. I know I hit you up mad fucking short notice. Like, hey, you want me on my podcast? Oh, yeah, okay, when? Now, nigga, like, we're cooking. So hey, it's all good. It, I got a lot of shit, man. You it's do story time. Oh hell yeah! Thank you all for listening to Chaos Therapy. I'm Layton Jordan, aka Chaos Thirteen. Y'all be easy, man. Merry Christmas, Chris. Yeah, Merry Christmas, y'all. <laughs>